We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Union of the Unknowns, starring me, Kielthor. I'll be the star tonight, or the host, as it were. But I'll have my good pal, Terry from Canary, fresh off of his, well, fresh. It's been a, probably a couple of years now since you wrestled that volcano to the ground, got him in a headlock. Into wrestled it, into submission, yeah. yeah. Very good. So today on the show, we are going to try, no, we're not going to try, we're going to do, we're going to complete the uh, commentary on these libertarian debates that we've been for the past couple of weeks uh, struggling to, uh, to get worked out. So we're going to, we're going to roll the tape. We're going to kick it off from where we were last time. And uh, we're going to let our brains do the, do the walking here. Terry, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, I think that would be good to finish, but I think for our, our long-lasting fans who might remember our occasional series on the uh, Georgia Guidestones, we, we should be able to make the libertarian debates another long-running joke throughout these episodes. <laughs> you know, say we're going to yes. complete it and never quite manage it. <laughs> yeah, good idea. <laughs> We'll get there. We'll get it done today. This will be good. <laughs> All right, we'll let's do it. it. The debate. Oh, well, was already with, as you say, their crazy ideas about what was it, freedom and liberty. Yes, about uh, <laughs> free living or whatever you want to say. Yeah. So, uh, just to mm. give some background, in case you aren't binging our episodes or something <clears throat> so the the libertarian party of georgia hosted their convention down here in covington and th during that uh convention they had all the libertarian presidential candidates uh get up and have a little debate and so here in the georgia convention because they've been doing this they've been doing kind of a debate circuit on all the the libertarian states conventions and so this one was moderated by uh, our old friend Brad Binkley from the Propaganda Report. And uh, shout out to Brad. So we wanted to watch the debates and dissect their uh, commentary. So roll the tape. Roll tape. Uh, Josh, it's clear we're starting this about halfway through the, the debates. Line. First of all, in answer to your excellent question, Vivek yeah. Ramaswamy is a total fraud. <laughs> he is uh, astroturfing, not us. He's astroturfing the Republican Party and the MAGA movement. He is so full of crap that I don't even know how people can look at him. He has designed his policies to attract you know, the coattails of Donald Trump. I mean, good for him. It looks like it's working, right? You know, if all you are is a political social climber, then I guess you have to admit he is successful in some weird way. 
look, uh, Josh is right. We need to uh, campaign in a very principled fashion on what it is exactly that we want to do. The reason for this uh, is so that it makes it impossible to back up on it, right? Uh, so that what really matters to us is so clear, there's no way to reverse it. There's no way to take your foot off the gas pedal, right? You've got to tie your foot to that gas pedal and then put a brick on it and then super glue it to the frame. Otherwise, what will happen is That's that you will get astroturf and people will come into your movement <laughs> uh, in an adjunct fashion, right? Adjacent to your principles and undermine you from the side by suggesting that there are other issues that are important uh, and they become weird, they go sideways and they give you a bad look. No, we can't let that happen. We have to campaign on our principles very, very clearly and discern between what is and what is not part of our platform. So I, I want to follow up to, but to you and go Josh, then, then we'll go. There's Brad talking right there. Um, again, so the, the percentage of Americans, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but that dislike those agencies. And I, I do, just like all of you do as well. But it's it's still, it's not, it's around the same as the Fed. And so half the country or so, or more, they aren't even aware. They, they might even see these these agencies as benefiting their lives, just like these programs. So how do we communicate to them in a way that shows them that they're not helping them to hurt those first? Oh, you're right. Yeah, go, yeah, okay, you're right. Jeez, you're right. It's always, always about to walk. Is it my turn? It's my turn. Is it my turn? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, I, I hate to be this guy, but we're probably not going to win the presidency in 2024. I know that everybody's really let down. I get that. Um, you know, these, you know, we've got That's seven presidential uh, candidates up here and about you know 60 people. In the it should be absolutely full to the to the to the gills. It's not. But what we do have the power to do is he get said bills. He said bills. Hey, can you shut up? He said bills. Uh, what we do, what we do have the power to do is get the state meetings for. Okay, and so campaigning on these things lets people understand what these terrible agencies have done to their life. Hey, I was, I was in a You're gonna get your ten Anyway, uh, this this is about letting the American public know that these things are actually hurting their lives. I, I dropped my microphone. Get out of here. Get your own. Come dude. on, dude. <laughs> I'm glad you got extra time because that was actually an excellent answer, by the way. Um, I, I, I'm glad you uh, brought up the idea of the Fed because I think that some of our answers up here, with all due respect to my esteemed colleagues, left us a little bit wanting. It is true that only 37% of uh, the American public, if you say so, that sounds actually a little high to me, are frustrated with the Fed. That's not the, way, the right way to, uh, to address it. The right way to address it is to remind people that inflation is such. Oh my God, you are a better human being than I am. You're a really good guy. Okay. Now he spit on my money. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, the right way to address it is to remind people that inflation uh, isn't just naughty, which is something you can hear from a Republican or a Democrat, but undermines your way of life, undermines your ability to make ends meet, and that the change that we need in this country is at an institutional level. It's not just a matter of replacing one uh, Republican or one Democratic politician for another. That's how you get into the conversation about the Fed. We'll go here and we you. Yeah, I think every member of this party needs to ask himself. All right. So uh, we're talking about the Fed. Uh, you have the whole panel here. Um, 
I don't know if I know who all these guys are off the top of my head. Um, but we've got the dude in the baseball uh, uniform, his toad from the tower gang. And I think the it's guy, on, yep. yeah. And uh, do you have the list, Terry? I just kind of wanted to. I can, tell, I can tell you. Yeah, I can. I can. I can tell you who you are. For our viewers, I'm going from left to right on the screen that's facing us at the moment. Right on the far left, we've got Mike Termat. Uh, then we have um, Joshua Smith. Then we have Toad. Then we have Lars Mapstead. Then uh, Chase Oliver, who I think I might have called Oliver Chase last week. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, then we got Michael Rectumwald and... You, you think he won't mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael Rectumald. And then on the far right, though only in the picture, we have Jacob Hornberger. Hornberger, yeah. All right. So I know Chase Oliver is from Georgia. He ran for Senate uh, during the last cycle. And the rest of these guys are uh, political commentators, uh politicians business owners etc that are uh throwing their hat in the ring so um but uh anyway the, the fed um, is bad sorry can i, <laughs> I just don't know what else to say about it yeah the fed is bad <laughs> i'll just pitch in that the wikipedia page which i put in the show notes for these um run-throughs uh, and we've had two of them so far of course it's very useful on a little bit of background. You know, obviously you have to take Wikipedia stuff with a pinch of salt, but it gives you a mm -hmm. nice little potted little uh, biography of each person. And it, uh, interestingly, it looks like there are others who have declared as candidates who aren't on the stage. So I don't know anything about that. There's about three of them who aren't there. Mm -hmm. Do you know anything about right. those, Kiel? I don't. I, I imagine there's probably several people that are vying for for position and all this will be mm. you know teased out during the national libertarian convention which i don't know when that happens but um i don't know probably in a few months or something like that and then we'll then we'll be saddled can with i make some... two quick yeah go ahead Sorry, uh, sorry, we're struggling with a delay again. I do apologize to viewers and listeners about my crappy internet. This is what happens when a volcano tries to destroy your house. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I just had two quick comments about Mike uh, Matt. He, he seemed to get very upset when uh, um, Joshua Smith said, you know, we're not going to win. Let's face yeah. it, they're not going to win, are they? You know, it, well, the best win <clears> in the world. Practically speaking, no, of course not. They're not going to win. They're it, compared to the Republicans and Democrats. Nobody knows who the hell these people are, and so they're just and they're not going to win. But I don't like the idea that anybody running for president admits that. Oh no, I don't think I'm going to win. I'm just doing this for such and such reason. I think that's a that's a poor attitude to have if you're running for a, uh, an office. Uh, elected office like that even if you know you're not going to win you don't come out and say that because then you're you're gonna even if you're just going for some sort of to make a statement you still need funding you still need support and nobody's going to give you money just to get up there and say something that nobody's going to hear so 
I I don't like that either. I I think uh, Mike Dermat should rightfully have been a little pissy about it. And uh, I, I I don't know. I heard I heard there's some controversy surrounding this debate. There there was some back and forth when we were um, doing the last show. There was some heated uh, ranting Possibly, and yeah. stuff. But I I have yet to see the controversy <laughs> that I've heard about. We'll see. Uh, well, it did get a bit sort of spicy last week, didn't it? But um, uh, I, I kind of agree with you on that subject. I, it's probably best not to talk about it at all, in fact, because yeah. if you say, oh, yeah, I'm, we're here to win, people will just think, well, that's ridiculous. There's no way you're going to win. So maybe it's best not to talk about it at all. Yeah, it's best to put a political um, spin on on that sort of comment. You know, if somebody asks you, well, you know, you're you're not going to win. Don't you know you're not going to win? You say, you know, we're in here to make a difference, and we need to get these guys out of there, and blah blah blah. You know, say something like that. That's how you handle that yeah, kind exactly. of response. Exactly. Nobody here thinks you're actually going to exactly. win, right? Har 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 har. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, um, the, the other quick comment I wanted to make was um, about Mike to Matt's uh, sort of lambasting Vivek Ramaswamy. You know. Mm-hmm. I think you've probably noticed some of my Discord comments. I've rather liked Vivek, and I've quite enjoyed some of the things he said. Okay, he might not be for real, but I've always said that what people say is important, and it changes people's opinions, you know, particularly if it's someone prominent running for president. And some of the things he right. says are very good. So I couldn't, I can't say for sure that he's fake, but, you know, he's, he's definitely done, out of all the Republicans in the debate, he's the guy I like the best. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think that uh, he has said some good things, but he's also said some kind of naive things. I had meant to pay attention to the Republican debates that have happened because there have been several, and I only saw maybe the first one or the second one, and he was in it. And uh, he, yeah, he said some good things, but he's he. I think he's 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 a little unpolished, which is fine, um, but he's. He says some things, and I'm I'm going to stumble here and not remember exactly what it was, but he said something historically inaccurate about our, the Constitution or uh, the the time frame something was going on, and and I and it made me think, oh, okay, well he's a he's kind of a doofish millennial stereotype in that regard, you know. So he's he needs to read some more mm-hmm. before he he gets put up there. But yeah, he did. He has said some you know, calling out Nikki Haley for being a, a, a war pig kind of comments he's made and that sort of thing. And I like that, that he was up there doing that. Yep. All right. Roll the tape. Tape. What kind of presidential campaign do you want? Uh, do you want, who's going to be talking about conspiracies here and there. Do you want one that's going to let the principal case for what we believe in? We're trying to achieve freedom here. And my big beef with these guys, okay, they want to abolish the CIA and the FBI, but what they haven't told you, and this goes all the way back to the South Carolina debate, they all agree with continuing the socialism of Social Security and Medicare for the next 25 years. They call it an off-ramp. They call, they want socials, socialism reform, just like they want Immigration reform. I, I let me yeah, let, let me finish. I gotta, I gotta, the problem with reform <laughs> is it can't garner votes. 
And Justin Amash has discovered that, which is why he's going back to the Republican Party to run for Senate, because a reform-oriented message. I, I, so I, I heard, heard you yeah, say this a number of times in, in debates, that if you cut off Social Security and, and uh, Medicaid, like cold turkey, then <laughs> everybody just be fine. Like immediately everybody be fine. And, and the evidence you cited was because the slaves were fine the day after the Civil War. Mm. And that just doesn't seem like a legitimate argument. <laughs> they want. Am I mischaracterizing the argument that you made? Are you kidding me? That's not a legitimate argument. There is no social security. There is no Medicare. There is no government assistance because Americans rejected the social. The system. slaves were okay the day after the Civil War. There was nobody dying in the streets. No <laughs> ninety-year-olds dying in the streets. There was nobody dying from cancer because people were caring for each other, sir. Blacks and whites. They can inspire us. If they can end slavery from one day to the next in this ex-slave state, we can end welfare workers' states. But that's not but how it works. That's not how it happens. The lack of faith nah. of libertarians in I mean, freedom. In order to start a revolution out there for freedom, we need a revolution here to restore that faith that freedom really does work. You don't have to continue socialism for 25 years. I just a quick follow up. I, I can agree with that last I thing. I have my... Said, uh... But... <laughs> we need to... Uh, so yeah, the, the, yeah. So uh, Lincoln reads the the Gettysburg Address, and they passed the Thirteenth Amendment, I think it was, and ended slavery. Right, <clears throat> but that you know, Civil War still going on. The slavery didn't end until well after the surrender of the Confederate States, and then even then, it took months and months for that information to get disseminated down to the various plantations that were holding slaves. So no, it didn't just happen from one day mm -hmm. to the next, like he was saying. And I'm maybe we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he didn't mean that, you know, um, explicitly, or, you know, but, um, or literally, I guess. But the, the other thing is they didn't, they didn't, they weren't okay after that. A lot of the plantations immediately kicked them no. off of their property, <laughs> and just and 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 left them with with literally nothing but you know maybe the clothes on their back, possibly the rags they were wearing. They and they said, you know, okay, you're not slaves anymore. You know, get the hell out of here. And they didn't have any food. They didn't have any resources. They had nowhere to go, and they were they were left to fend amongst themselves amongst this countryside that now resented their their existence just being around when you know i'm not saying slavery is good but for at least some situations some instances they probably had it a little better than they did once they were released as harsh as that I is to say totally agree. i mean i have you not. can you can you can go no, back I and totally, i totally agree yeah go ahead oh sorry uh uh, well, I just, I just agree completely. I had my Tucker Carlson, I can't believe what this guy is saying face on during that little rant. <laughs> it's it's, it's very naive to think, to think you could just, you know, change something so fundamental as that. And he seemed to think that instantly they went to this kumbaya moment where they're all looking after each other and say, hey, it's all forgiven. We're in a much better world now and we're all brothers together and let's move on. You know, it's just crazy. And I, I think... Going back to his earlier point, I think you do need a bit of an off-ramp because, you know, if, if one of these guys got to be president and he wanted to 
bring in a libertarian society, you can't just change everything at the drop of a hat because, you know, that would bring in a lot of chaos. It's like any revolution. And there's always a bit of chaos afterwards before things settle down a bit. So, yeah, he's very naive, I think. Yeah, and we've been, you and I have been discussing this exact same thing during the course of our series here that, you know, even if you are the president, you can, you're you stuck in a very precarious situation where you can't control anything that mm-hmm. that steering wheel that's up at the top of the ship it's kind of jammed sh- shut you know it's jammed in one position and you i mean you can't you can't budget you have to get you know 30 30 floors below you you have to get all those people to to turn the the chains or whatever at the same time to help you out or you know some crazy metaphor like that Mm. it's just you have a huge bureaucracy that's a very good analogy Mm. the largest i don't know corporate structure that has ever existed is the united states federal government and it's you know you can't just you can't just make a decision even if you're the president and expect things to just change I mean, there's there is a ton of you have to have everybody yeah. on your side in order for things to change like that. And these guys, these are libertarians that nobody knows mm-hmm. who these people are. If one of them miraculously, like if the the candidates all got all died in a bus crash and all of Congress, you know, the, the people, <laughs> whatever, whatever the, the situation would have to happen, uh, you know, to get one of these guys in office, they still wouldn't be able to do anything. They'd, they would they'd be talking a lot. And then maybe one of them would get assassinated or something if they weren't playing along. So anyway, we'll go back. Quite right. Given, given that these people, many of them, have paid into it for their entire lives and we perceive taxation to be theft, That's all how would it not be insult to injury to say that these people that have paid into it, they do not deserve any of that? Once again, Clint, the premise that you phrased is totally unfounded. Nobody has paid into anything. What? This is not a retirement program. Tell that never right. has been. They, they have been. They have been. That's what it was sold on. I've been saying this for quite a while. Let me just finish. This has always been a straight socialist welfare state program. People pay taxes. But it is a straight program. If you die, your heirs don't get this welfare. It, and that's what it is, welfare. What we have to do is restore faith and freedom. You could get rid of these programs. All right, I got to stop him right there. He's right in one <laughs> one effect, that it's, it is a form of welfare. The Social Security system is just, play, it's just flat out socialism, it's welfare. Uh, I'm paying into the system and the money that I pay in goes to the retirees that are collecting benefits. Now they, they keep saying we need to put a given offering. We need to keep this system or that system. I'm with him in that we need to get rid of these things, but you can't, in my opinion, I think it would be a wrong decision to deny the people who are scheduled to receive benefits once they retire. Now I know they're not paying into a Dropbox or something like that, but at some point, you know, you get to a point when you can start receiving benefits from Social Security and you qualify for that uh, for those benefits as you're a working adult paying into the system. Then you become qualified to to collecting on those benefits. I think it would be wrong to deny those people who have 
who still qualify the benefits they are owed. But I agree we need to shut the system down. And in what I would say that we should do is to just cut it off. You know, at this point, anybody entering the workforce for the first time, they're still going to pay the benefits because the, the program is still going to on go, go, go on. Uh, but they're not going to receive any benefits at the end. And at some point you'll get to when the last person receiving benefits stop it dies, you know, and there'll be no benefits to put out. And then there won't be any more neat reason to pay taxes into that system. Uh, and, and, and I'm sure, you know, it eventually it would sunset once the, the workforce grew large enough that we had fewer people who are receiving benefits than are actually in workforce, which is the opposite as it is right now, then those, the taxes mm -hmm. levied to go to into that system would decrease and decrease until there was nothing being pulled anymore. But anyway, this guy yeah. saying that you could just cut it off immediately. Some people actually do depend on social security. And I think that would probably not be a good idea to just cut them off right away. But, you know, yeah. Once, once again, I, I, I'm, I'm more or less completely agree with you. Yeah, I, I, ideally, Sorry, yeah. Um, do, you want to just, finish, do you want to finish your thought? Yeah, uh, well, I'm just saying ideally, yeah, just cut it all off. Just You're done. Just go back to constitutional standards, constitutional limits, and just be done with it. There would be a shitload of chaos going on, and people would struggle and die, and there would, you know, whew, I, I don't think that's the right way to go, but if if somebody were to go in and do that, I couldn't tell them, you know, that's, you know, not going to work. You know, I, I, I would as long as you're getting rid of it, I, I'm probably going to be OK with it <laughs> as, as tough as it would be to, to yeah. live with at the time. But, you know, there's like like Monica. I, I always think it said, would be better to sort of um, there's there's a thousand sorry, years, yeah. thousand year plan anyway. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think it would be better to sort of taper it off over time. I like you. I agree with him to to the respect that it's a socialist program and it's it's kind of like a hidden tax, really. However, I'm sure that over there, like in the UK, it was sold to the people as like a basically like a pension scheme. You pay this mm -hmm. money to the government and you get this lovely pension back at the end of the day. And I, the majority of people, certainly in the UK, that I know have that expectation. They don't think it's a hidden tax. They think, oh, I'm paying to this government pension plan and I'll get the money back in the end. So you can't just deny those people with those expectations, you know, the money that they think they're entitled to. And they are really because they shouldn't have been paying this tax in the first place. So right, uh, right. again, he's, he's been very naive and a bit, you know, you do need an off-ramp to these things. You can't just stop doing, you know, the government's crazy. We all know that. And it's overblown and far too big but you just can't get rid of it all you know at, at one blow yeah and and the america they had a supposedly the the money that people were putting into the social security administration was being held in a supposedly you know an, an account that was only used for distributing benefits yeah. from security, which I don't think anybody actually believed that. I think it was, you know, just going into the general tax, <laughs> but there was a, few, uh, I don't remember how long ago it was, but it was 
I don't know, 10 years, 20 years. It was in my lifetime. I remember Congress passed a, a new uh, wrinkle into that process wherein the the money was not being like it, they weren't even pretending anymore. Like they had just eliminated the social yeah. security lockbox or however they wanted to describe it. And I, and I remember yeah. every once in a while you hear a politician tacking onto their platform. I'm going to get a social security lockbox and we're going to make sure those funds get held in place and not used for other purposes and yada, 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 yada. But it's, it's a political talking point every once in a while. Yeah. Same thing, same thing happened in the UK. Same mm. exactly. Uh, I just want to point out before we move on that uh, I noticed behind Brad for our listeners, there's a guy at the back attending the Libertarian Party presidential debate wearing a mask. So I, I really that. hope that's a member of the press. He doesn't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, libertarians come from all different corners of the, the spectrum, you know. So you never know. <laughs> I, uh, I, when the, on the Saturday that this convention happened, I had hoped that I was going to make it actually go down there. Cause it's really not that far away from me, but I, I just, I, it didn't happen. And so I was streaming these, uh, cause they had, they were live streaming the speakers and the sort of stuff that was going on at the convention right from the beginning and up, up to the point where the debates were starting and then they just stopped live streaming everything, which what is what threw the, the spanner in the works for us the first time we yeah. were doing this. But in that morning I was on rumble and I was watching the live stream and, um, uh, spike Cohen was, or no, not spike Cohen. Sorry. Uh, Shane Hazel was supposed to talk and he wasn't, talking during his allotted his uh slot time that they had listed and so i asked the live stream chat i said hey where's uh, you know where's shane hazel he's shane hazel was running for governor of georgia during the last governor cycle and the mm -hmm. lp of georgia responded to me and said oh uh, yeah he was sick to this day and he couldn't make it blah 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 so i sarcastically uh responded with yeah, you know, there is definitely something going around. Uh, we all need to be safe, uh, wear our masks, and and be up to date on our, on, on our jabs. Man. And the Libertarian uh, Party or Libertarian Party of Georgia's response was, we're on Rumble. You don't have to say stupid things. <laughs> that That's was a um, great response. So definitely they, they are not uh strict woke kind of uh mainstream party yeah um, well just following whatever no you know, cdc my, tells su them my suggestion for any libertarian party event is you have a guy on the door and he checks people as they come in and say look take your mask off oh and here's your gun <laughs> yeah <laughs> just hand out a gun at the at the door that, that well all right, let's, yeah, uh, exactly. let's, let's keep <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> Today, yep. yes, everybody would be fine because people adjust. And you've got church groups. You've got ameliorating groups, charitable groups, families, cousins, everybody that would well, come Bar together Bar to help those in need. Barnberger's message to the elderly in America is we took your money 
and now suck it. Go figure it out for yourself. Yeah, I'm saying people in this room have been robbed by the federal government for years. They paid into this system, and they are now being told by Hornberger that they're going to get robbed again. So it's double robbery. What I'm trying to say is, if we want to end it, pay out all of the money that has been paid into each individual, including interest and accounting for inflation. Will this hurt the state? You damn bet it will. And that's good. We want to hurt the state. But you cannot rob people and then say, you're shit out of luck. Sorry. We'll go to Josh and then Yeah, I just want to uh, remind uh, the great Mr. Hornberger Esquire over here, as I did in South Carolina, and as I did uh, last week in Florida, that I would abolish Social Security immediately and just pay out the people who have paid into Social Security. So we, you're not the only one up here that wants to abolish Social Security. Right here. I yeah, some people want to sell down it. I don't want to sell down it. I want to abolish tomorrow. I want people that paid into it for many, many years that are going to rely on it. That they paid in from their job. I see it on my check. On my check. So I know I'm paying into it. Speaking of sundown, I think it's almost dead. What I'm looking for is so you go back to his home. Okay. What I'm looking for is a. That message, if you're right, then everybody will be good and will recover. I'm not saying you're not. All I'm saying is the, the message to people who are not libertarians that you know you will be all right because the slaves were fine the day after the Civil War is not the strongest message. The strongest message is a restoration of faith in freedom. If you are convinced that freedom works, then you have no doubts. And, and this plan over refunding money, he doesn't understand, none of them understand, that the only place government gets its money is by taxation. So how is he going to get the refund? We get it from the other departments of the state. That's where you get it from. You stop. Yeah, the best spoken on this issue. Chase. So I, I think it's important that we talk about this issue. Raise your hand if you want to end Social Security as a libertarian. Every one of us. But we have to have an actual plan that we can get past Congress and actually have it done. And so what we should do is allow those who are at or near retirement, my mom, my, my dad, our parents and grandparents, let them continue to live off this. Uh, and let's make sure that my generation is getting taxed for it right now. We will never get benefits because it will be completely insolvent by the time it's gone. We'll just quit taxing us. Let us opt out. Let us save yeah. our retirement so that we can have a better retirement to what Social Security could ever provide. Yeah. Because you're right, it's not a retirement <laughs> program. Retirement programs actually pay far better than Social Security. So let's create a program where we can sundown the system and not extend to the next generation, as Jacob Hornberger accused me of. Let's make this the last generation that has Social Security on their backs. That's what we need to be fighting for. He's the one that wants to sundown. He's the only one. I, think, I, I, think just I agree. We you definitely could get a, a new system in place. It's now been nearly four years since COVID. You got to keep paying for the old system world. until it's gone. I'd like to hear from each of you as to what yep. you believe happened. And yes, despite you saying we shouldn't go to conspiracy theorists realm, I think it's mandatory that we do. It's uh, <laughs> so I would like to know what you believe happened from the origins to the lockdowns to the vaccines and what the punishment should be for those involved. If willing, I'd also like to know, you don't have to answer this, as you said, uh, if any of you received the mRNA COVID gene therapy and, <laughs> and, and why? Ooh. Why so? <laughs> you, know, you, you have medical privacy, but I'm not asking yeah, The guy in the mask at the back is going, no, it was all okay. It was all fine. Yeah, what, yeah. Is it, what are you talking about? This election is going to be about who's got the guts to tell the American people the truth, and that is that Social Security is evil. Social Security is a yeah, plan probably a good thing we weren't streaming on, on YouTube. Promises them, <laughs> this time around, uh, we're about to get into the COVID yeah. any at all. 
Yeah, yeah. And does so no. They didn't even call it the magic and juice. Robs them no. of a financial future that they could yeah. be able to achieve. It costs the, the average Americans hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of their lives. And this uh, system is propagated just because it was designed badly. Now the government doesn't know what to do to keep it going other than bring in uh, more people to, to abuse. Uh, so it's, it's truly an evil uh, program. Uh, regarding COVID, uh, what happened is uh, the American people were taxed. That money was uh, taken from us and from a lot of people around the world and a lot of people around the government. It was pulled up at the federal level and was sent uh, through uh, two layers of uh, difficult to name uh, multinational corporations and finally landed in part uh, as well as a lot of other places, by the way, which is not unimportant, in part landed in a laboratory in Wuhan, which leaked. Uh, please, God, let's find out that this was a mistake. We don't know this yet. Um, leaked the virus. The Chinese government found out about it relatively early, decided to cover it up at the expense of uh, thousands, if not millions of lives immediately and possibly uh, dozens of millions of lives in the long run if they had done a better job of containing it, which would have required them being honest about it up front. What are we up to now? Uh, two months later, it finds its way uh, to Europe and to the United States, where the federal government uh, started uh, learning about it and in, almost immediately started lying to us about it because it uh, internally embarrassed itself into having information that it realized it should have uh, made public uh, weeks earlier. It, uh, in my view, illegally pressured the pharmaceutical industry uh, to begin working on a vaccine, and it did so through a, a couple of ways that are completely unethical. One is that uh, we have standing federal law that says, you know, you ask for the whole story, so I'll wind up and someone else can take it from here. I'll follow up for you. Uh, uh, the federal legislation was already on the books protecting the pharmaceutical industry uh, from a related liability, which undermines the ability of markets to work as they should. And in this particular case, on, it was particularly damaging because it brought to market a vaccine that had no business coming to market. <laughs> yeah. That's what we But then I went right up to pack this in with your answer as well. If you were president when that vaccine came to market and you, they're going to be looking to you to make a, a recommendation or, or to go to get the jab on television, what would you do? What you can't recommend that someone take it. What you can do is recommend that uh, this is the data that we have. Uh, you can disclose everything that went into uh, developing that vaccine. Importantly, and I think this gets swept under the rug often, one of the things that needs to be disclosed to people before they take the vaccine is what the relationship was between the government and the pharmaceutical firms that developed the vaccine. What were the pressures? What were the financial incentives? I think people have a right to know, for example, before they get a vaccine, uh, that there are people on the CDC who had to approve this and then push this that were uh, seeing significant financial remuneration because of their decisions. I think that that's important for you to know and important for your doctor to know. Uh, now that we've had kind of a... Now, that's a good point he's making there. Um, and I don't think anybody, any one of us thinks otherwise, but... You know, really, if you want to get down to kind of illegal brass tacks, since the American public warp speeded that that vaccine through the system, since we effectively paid for it all, don't we have the the right to see every bit of information regarding its development? Am I wrong? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. No, absolutely. I, I think uh, I would disagree with him that I think he's putting the cart a bit before the horse in that I don't think the government pressured these manufacturers to rush out the vaccine. I think they had the vaccine all ready to go because they were in on the creation of... You probably know that I have doubts about whether it was a, a virus or, you know, whether there was anything mm-hmm. particularly unusual going on. They're kind of... They're in my wheelhouse with covid because uh, I've looked into it a lot. Um, but what I would say is I, th- I think they had it all ready to go and they were actually the ones driving the government because they basically got control of the CDC and the FDA, the big big pharma companies. So they yeah. do, government does what they want rather than the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that too. I, I don't know who the, you know, it's really, there's a, you know, kind of a debate as to, and probably on a grander scale where the source of power is in the world. But as far as corporations versus the government, who who's calling the shots, the government, you know, if, if there were no government and it was just corporations, they couldn't, you know, from a administrative perspective, they couldn't go to door to door and force you to get a vaccine or force you to pay for something it, they couldn't do that. At least, you know, you you could you could right. hire another you could hire another corporation to protect you from something like that. There'd be competition, basically. But if there was, yeah. if there were no corporations, they need the, they, they need the, the sort of cover. Of, um, well, sorry, they, the gov- yeah, the they need the cover of these government organizations. Yeah. yeah, they need the cover of the government organizations, which give them this sort of appearance of you know, something official going on. You know, this is this is approved by the government, so you can go ahead with it. Whereas, like you say, if they were just operating as a private company and were able to be sued, uh, you know, and not protected by a, a government law that stops them being mm-hmm. sued, then you, I think their, their nefarious uh, tactics would soon come to an end because they would be get, taken to the cleaners in, in any straight court and also they, they wouldn't have this sort of appearance of, you know, it being given the official okay, because why would you believe a company that's just trying to make money? Right. And I mean, they have to, they have to convince you to go buy their product. So there's, yeah. the government doesn't have to do that. They already have your money. So they just can, they can do whatever the hell they yeah. want. And uh, it's, it's a, it's not a, I don't think it's a new concept or I know it's not, I'm not the first person to come up with this, but there's used to be the relationship between the crown and the church. And now it's, you know, governments and corporations. I don't know which one would be which, but Mm -hmm. uh, um, I've had conversations like this with uh, liberal friends in the past and they all hate corporations, big corporations. We hate them. We hate these people with, you know, we need to, you know, put in more laws to make sure they do the right thing and yada, yada, yada. I'm, I'm like, well, you know, you don't like big corporations, but you want to give more money to the biggest corporation, the government that has no, <laughs> you know, limitations on it effectively. Yeah. So what's, you know, what are you, what are you trying to yeah. do? But, you know, there is something to be said yeah. the the corporations influence uh, politicians so much that they can effectively control what the government does from a certain perspective. Um, and they, they could probably yeah. have people in power assassinated for not going along with their, their desires, I'm sure. But, but then on the other hand, there are plenty of politicians that are 
billionaires too and they they have power and they can push it back on the corporations i don't know what the what the reality is but certainly i don't i don't want either one to have power over me but i would much rather settle for uh, big powerful entities competing with each other over my support rather than just one big one having control over everything uh, you know all the government so yeah anyway absolutely truncated version of what transpired if you could just not cover that aspect and go a little bit deeper i'd appreciate it josh go ahead sure uh, well let me start off by saying i absolutely did not take the gene therapy my kids didn't take the gene therapy my wife didn't take the gene therapy my job tried to force everybody at our our shop to take the gene therapy and i organized our shop to say that our last day would be december 10th on december 9th they came and said we're going to end the mandate we're not going to make you guys do it um, look, here's what happened. <laughs> uh, so people probably got together and said, hey, we need more global control. And so we're going to release a new disease and a novel coronavirus that's going to make a lot of people sick. We're going to bump up the numbers by adding this death as a death uh, cause with every other comorbidity ever in yep. the history of the world. Uh, I don't think nearly yep. as many people died from COVID specifically as they have told us they have. Yeah. Uh, I think that then when they realized that they could get even more global control by using a vaccine, they rolled out a vaccine in a hasty uh, manner that either through negligence or yep. downright nefarious reasons has killed a lot of people and harmed and injured a lot of people. Um, and I think they'll continue to use any uh, excuse they can to get more control. Um, now, look, I. I, I've been very clear about what I think should happen here in America. I think that we need to have some kind of trial uh, for everybody involved, whether it's governors that close down their state. That ain't going to happen. Way more harm. Way more harm than the virus. Uh, it would be great, Whether mate. it's the Safer Task Force, whether it's Fauci, Pfizer, Moderna, presidents, past and present, uh, are found guilty of crimes against humanity. We need to clear out Guantanamo Bay and make that the golden prison. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so I I also did not get the Vax, and like Josh, my company uh, attempted to force that. They mandated it when the Biden mandate came in. I pushed back as much as I Mine could. Mine almost did. Mine because came close. They wound up then dropping the Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah. After everybody else in the company, I'm pretty sure, had gotten it besides me, they dropped it when uh, the uh, federal mandate got uh, stopped or whatever the case was. Whatever federal court stopped it. So I wound up not having, I wound up not getting it, and uh, actually keeping my job. Uh, so you can stand up for what you believe in, and you'd like to be able to uh, to actually make a difference, at least in your own life. So that's what I did there. I think what uh, Josh and Mike have already said, uh, a lot of that is uh, correct. Uh, Fauci and the NIH, he's admitted that they were a funding gain of function research in the Wuhan lab, in the Wuhan lab, to create like even more uh, viral strain of COVID. Um, it got out of the lab, whether intentionally or not. I don't know if that has been proven or not, uh, but he has admitted that uh, the, lab, the lab leak actually occurred at this point. Uh, the federal government, that government then saw this as an opportunity to escalate their authoritarianism as much as they possibly could, not just the US government, but many governments across the world. Uh, and they decided to escalate the fear and just lie to the population about essentially everything uh, and see what they could get away with. And what they were able to get away with was uh, lockdowns, uh, shutting down people's businesses, and what they did, what they proceeded to do was commit the worst crimes against humanity that we've seen in our lives. 
Um, so, and further than lockdowns, they tried to uh, inject an experimental vaccine into everybody. And Josh stole my thunder here because I've been saying I go further than Josh on this because he uh, wants to uh, submit all the uh, perpetrators of the lockdowns, of the COVID regime, the lockdown governors, Anthony Fauci, all of those people. He wants uh, to give them a Nuremberg type of trial. I would say that the COVID regime was already their trial. They're absolutely 100% guilty. We should throw them in Guantanamo Bay. That is absolutely what we should do. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, you know, I was watching the television early on. I think the best you can hope for is like a uh, South African-style Truth and a, Reconciliation uh, Committee. But it was maybe, you know, bats or animals or something like that. And then they were talking yeah, about maybe. how it was conveniently this laboratory, you know, 600 feet away. I mean, away. obviously none of that's going to happen. But to figure out this laboratory where they're I'm not sure uh, if it's really even a practical solution if we had the ability to do it. And unfortunately, the whole COVID thing, to me, was one of the greatest grifts perpetrated on the American people ever. And it might just be the government, but it could also be private corporations because we printed $8 trillion, right? And we stole $8 trillion from the American people because of COVID. Like whether all the other stuff that you believe or not believe, a lot of people would do a lot of bad stuff for $8 trillion, right? And the, the idea that we're gonna somehow hold these people responsible I, you know, I wish that we could, but we have a Congress of both Republicans and Democrats who don't give a crap. You know why? Because a lot of that $8 trillion made it into their pockets, made it into their constituents' pockets, made it into the corporations' pockets, right? Yeah. As president, I always believe that you have the right to decide what you put in your body. The government has no right to tell you what you should be doing with your body as long as you're not harming other people. We should be allowed to make an informed choice. And unfortunately, our leadership, Donald Trump, and at the time, Cuomo was given tons of airtime, and they turned COVID into a political battle. They turned it into a partisan hack. And it should have been left up to the people to make their own informed decisions on how to do it. And the money totally rigged the system, and we need to yeah, but it. People so, want to be told yeah, what to so, do. Uh, you know? this whole thing, you know, if you said, oh, this is a lab leak, they called you crazy. There's a lot of truth then, in that, yeah. close words, a few weeks ago, Anthony Fauci said, yeah, it's likely it was not. Uh, they did the same thing with all sorts of stuff. There have been failures from the government at every single level, and this, uh, the COVID exposed it. COVID exposed what was already wrong with government. Government thinks they can protect you. No, they can't, but what they can do is they can shut down your businesses and ruin your life economically. I have a friend who owned a flower shop. She loved owning a flower shop. She was a florist, that was her That's thing. So true. And guess what? Her business was not deemed essential. So she was shut down. But the Lowe's Garden Center down the street was open selling flowers. Uh -huh. They were essential because they had tools. Well, guess where she works now? At the Lowe's Garden Center. She lost her business that she loved because government was ineffective to be able to address the problem. Yep. Government will not save you from COVID. You have to make your own medical decisions for yourself. You own your own body. And that does include whether you take a vaccine, a therapeutic, or any other thing, right? Uh, and so... We had a major failure from the very beginning. There's reason why we don't need an FDA. You want to see why we don't need an FDA? See the COVID vaccine being approved. See the, the fact that we didn't get testing off the road because they had to wait for the long approval process before you could even test people where they were sick. And so at every single level, government has failed us. And it's either evil or stupid, or both. It can be both. But it's not, it's one or the other or both of those things. They were either malicious, 
they were either stupid or they were stupid malicious. Would you have recommended it as a, as a leadership role? Here's what I say. Never, ever trust a politician to give you medical advice. That should be coming <laughs> from your doctor. And so if I'm present, no, I'm just to say, you know what? Go ask your doctor. Can I, 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 I don't want to in say a couple of things. Your particular right. health is. Hang on. And to answer the question, I did get the shot. Why? Because I have an immune... Because you're a liberal hippie. <laughs> Former liberal hippie. Um, uh, I've got a couple of things I want to say. I wouldn't trust doctors either. They've shown themselves to be terrible, uh, at best, government shills. So they, they seem to have no clue about what makes good health and what makes a good treatment for illness. You know, they've been yeah. complicit in a lot of death and injury. So don't trust your doctor either. That would be what I add to that, which is probably would get us banned from YouTube. Um, oh, yeah. And I, the other thing I want to mention, I want to I, I want to bring up the left again. I mean, you know, we talked about this last time, I think. What the hell's happened to the left? You know, because my body, my choice has now become yeah. I want to force vaccinate you, you bastard. <laughs> yeah. What I saw, so Alex Stein, you know Alex Stein at 99, that guy on uh, YouTube, yeah. he's kind of a yeah. outlandish, uh, outspoken, I don't know how you describe him, but he's he, he he's took a, his camera crew. He's quite crew. a funny guy. Yeah, he is. Uh, he, go, he goes out and he, he buggers the, the shit out of politicians and gets them on camera being annoyed and stuff <laughs> like that, uh, which is great. But uh, he, he took his camera to a a like a i don't know what it was it was a women's right gender rights uh protest or something in new york city and mm -hmm. he he talked to them uh, or it was an lgbt uh rally or something like that he talked to those folks and he said right. and he had a he had a lgbt t-shirt on he he wasn't pretend he wasn't presenting himself as an <laughs> as anti whatever he was just trying to you know mix in the crowd and get some responses and he asked them you know your body your choice right and like, oh yeah absolutely absolutely what about vaccines and surprisingly most of them at that rally said uh they thought about it for a second and they said yeah yeah okay you know yeah sure you know you get a vaccine if you want whatever they didn't really they didn't have that strong of opinion and and a lot of them said yeah absolutely go if you don't want to get a vaccine, don't get one. That's your body, your choice. The same logic applies. Oh wow! Now, then he took okay. his his same crew to a a different protest rally or whatever that was about uh, some leftist uh, liberal whatever rally. I can't even remember what it was about, and asked them the same question, and all of them said, you, you know, my body, my 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 you know my body my choice right oh yeah absolutely yeah absolutely right right absolutely what about vaccines what no 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 because that that's completely different that's a completely different thing you're you're affecting this and that and blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> all of them just shut it down just didn't want to have have that conversation about it and i thought it was pretty interesting because uh I, I don't know what that says about society but you know the fact that you can it's uh it's something to think about i think everybody should keep in their minds that other people have a wildly different view of the world from you. And when you're forming your political opinions and you're going out there and 
raising your fist in the air to, to scream about it. You have to understand that somebody else has thought about it just as much as you have, but they have, they hold a different opinion because they view the world differently. And so I think hardly anybody That's keeps that sure. in mind these days. And it is just my policy or nothing. And they cannot accept that somebody yeah, else yeah. may have a different opinion, which brings it all back to, you know, live and let live the libertarian way and whatever. So anyway. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A compromised mother and I'm one of her caretakers. And so for her, because they told me at the time, this will prevent you from getting sick. This will prevent you from transmitting it. And so I did it for her. And of course, what comes out later once we study it, it doesn't prevent it. It doesn't stop you from transmitting it. So they lied. I took it because the government lied. Mm -hmm. And the government said, this is okay. So the truth is, my doctor now, last time I went to my, my doctor, he said, you know what, Chase? You're young, you're healthy, you don't need a booster right now. Just a quick follow-up because you implied that it could have just been that their response to this was ineffective. I would argue if you look at the early studies of Pfizer, uh, the Pfizer clinical trials, they knew that what they were telling you was a lie. The government knew what they were telling you was a lie. So how can you assess it as anything other than malice? Oh, this is exactly why I say government is so ineffective. And you're right, stupid or evil or both. Uh, and, and, and so absolutely. And we're seeing people who are, who are manipulating data to try to push their way or another way. That is wrong. And this is why we shouldn't be trusting the government because the government does this at every level. It doesn't matter what topic it is, but this just happened to be a disease that they could use to seize control, spend more money in one year than we ever have before, destroying the debt and deficit, ruining businesses, destroying people's lives. Yes, the government is responsible for these things, but I will end this. No, I'm not gonna play some performative dance about Guantanamo Bay. Guantanamo Bay should be shut down. It is a stain on human rights. They're all in prison for the rest of their life if they do something, but don't play like Guantanamo is something you need to be doing. It's absolutely important and it needs to go away today. He's right, of course. I've been writing about this for some time. This was part of a global agenda. There's no question <laughs> it's all worked the coordinated up. global response. Okay. Yes. Uh, first of all, what happened That's was good. that the North University of North Carolina was undertaking gain of function research. Mm -hmm. And then actually uh believe it or not, Obama banned it. And then what happened was they looked for a backdoor way of undertaking this. So what they did is used Echo Health Alliance to uh, fund the Wuhan lab. So it was actually came from the CIA. The initial funding came from Incutel, the funding agency of the CIA. They funded Echo Health Alliance, who then funded the Wuhan lab. So they were looking for degrees of removal from the culprit. This was part of the plan to make it impossible to track down just where this came from. So it started at, 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 at the CIA level, okay? Now, there's a great deal of evidence that Fauci was deeply involved with the CIA involving the whole COVID crisis, the origin story and everything else. He's been, you know, he, there's evidence that he talked to them very what. recently about covering the tracks of uh, the yeah. CIA laid to this event. Now, I believe that globalist organizations are also a part of this. There's no other way to explain all of the coordination between governments across the whole world and the, the same response being undertaken everywhere uh, at the same time. 
Well, all, all six, all six of your opponents appear to be conspiracy theorists. So I'm, I'm curious how you're going to respond to this one. Well, not surprisingly, I totally disagree with all their answers. Because again, you got to ask yourself, what do you want in a presidential candidacy on behalf of this party? Because my eyes were glazing over some of those answers. What we need to do in this party you, is lead America to liberty. And what they're talking about in all their answers is a change of policy. Oh, the government should do this. The government shouldn't do that. Oh, we shouldn't have Fauci. Oh, we should have somebody, a libertarian running the, the FDA. Well, what are you suggesting? I you have a say. That's what I said. No, that's not what you said. I don't think anyone said anything like that. And you also favored social security reform in that debate. So let's be clear. Well, he's what I'm saying is we need to raise prior, people's prior vision debates. to a higher level. And that is separate healthcare in the state totally at both the state and the federal level. A constitutional yeah. amendment that says yeah. no law shall be enacted by either the federal or the state government respecting uh, the provision of healthcare, including Medicare and Medicaid, that they want to maybe. Or abridging the free exercise era. That's our job as libertarians. Our job is to lead America to liberty. And we do that by making the case for liberty. And the only case for liberty in healthcare is separating healthcare in the state the way our ancestors separated church and state. Yeah, real quick, you said, you said that you uh, wanted to agree Well, I think any of I them mean, would disagree. I don't think any of them said anything to disagree with that, really, did they? No, I don't <laughs> think they did. I think, I think he is. I don't know what his his take is on federalism, but he's he's running for president of the federal government. And if we look at that through the eyes of the Constitution, he shouldn't say things like we need to make a constitutional amendment to ban, uh, you know, government health care at the federal and state levels, blah, blah, blah. You know, federal. Sure. Yeah, I agree with you on that. But the states should be able to handle health care within their own state. However, they their people see fit. California is going to have a pretty robust and bureaucratic administrative healthcare system, but Georgia and maybe, Absolutely. you know, Texas or, or Montana or something may not. So that's the way it should be handled. But the, he, I think he's going, I think mm -hmm. he's overcorrecting. I think he's saying things that make it sound like when I get become president, I'm going to be a dictator. I'm going to be a dictator for the libertarian platform and yada, yada, yada. And I think that's the wrong message to send as well. He may be right in that we need to stick to our principles and not pussyfoot around and saying we're going to update this policy and we're going to reform that agency because that's just kind of wishy-washy bullshit. But what he's what he's saying doesn't make sense either. I'm not sure any of the others said that, though, did they? They just pointed out what the evils of what the current government and the previous government did. Yeah. None of them yeah, said, you know, if we were doing this, get rid of voucher and replace them with someone else. I don't remember anyone saying that. No, I, I think he's trying to set himself apart from the rest of the group uh, very, you know, deliberately and possibly unnecessarily in a way. But I don't know. we'll see what he says. He's just coming across again for me as a, as a bit crazy, really. <laughs> he, I, he's just trying to be different, I think. He's just trying to trying to be different because all of these guys mm -hmm. agree on the same basic principles and he's just trying to make set himself apart. So, you know, somebody will vote for him yeah. over the next guy at the, you know, the national convention. Mm -hmm. Our vision to a higher level. 
I think it's very challenging to do so if we don't have the truth as to what transpired during that era. And it seems as if you're diminishing it to the point of it not even being relevant. It, what is your actual perspective as to what transpired? I couldn't agree, disagree with you more. It's irrelevant how it developed. If you make the case for the separation of, of healthcare in the state, then everybody makes his own healthcare decisions. The state plays no role in this. A crime has been committed, so you want no investigation. Oh, if a crime's committed, of course. So you don't believe a crime was committed? I don't know. So I don't have you know. looked into this at all? I'm sorry? Have you looked into this at all? Not in any detail. <laughs> <laughs> because for me, you know, you know this, oh, this man. Oh, man. They, they, they put it out there. The trial that they had, they got all their efficacy numbers to, to say how great it was. They, they tested it on all of the youngest, healthiest people, and they excluded the most vulnerable, oldest people. They did not let them get it because of the risk it cost to them. And then the very first people that they gave it to, once they brought it out officially, was the same people they excluded from the study. Vulnerable people. Take your case to a federal grand jury. If you've got the evidence, take it to a federal grand jury. That's, that's our system in this country. You want somebody prosecuted? What I'm saying is, regardless, if people come right, in, that will work. Great, <laughs> but raise the people's vision to what we need to get out of this morass. If we keep our vision down here, prosecuting people, conspiracies, he does have a point there. family members there die. I understand that, and if people committed crimes, prosecute them, but do it with due process. Don't just put them in Guantanamo Bay. I have one follow up before we go to the reverse file trial. Hold on. Before we go to you guys, I have one important question for you. If you have not given any investigation, any time into figuring out what transpired in the most rights infringing moment in our country's history, at least in my lifetime, why are you equipped or qualified yeah. to be the president of the United States? That's Amen. Why? That's what I thought. Made for educate for healthcare and liberty. The same thing as monetary liberty, healthcare liberty. We should be making the case for what freedom is, Clint. Not going to simply miring ourselves down. There's people much more qualified you, than me. You can get mired in those happens. kinds of and I assume that you have done details, and I think you got a point about that. that. But seriously, he needs to. He needs what to have a, an, an opinion on the situa situation and, 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 and in a kind of an official line about what he would do about what it. What I'm saying is that maybe you're qualified to yeah. make this determination. Uh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to step into a field. I'm a libertarian. I run an educational foundation. I am not qualified to Aren't determine. I, absolutely, but I'm not qualified to conduct a criminal investigation in that. There's people that do that. What I'm saying is a presidential What I'm saying is a presidential candidate. We're not over there investigating and prosecuting. We're making the case for yeah, liberty. You gotta have an and opinion on these things in order to be able to speak to it when people ask you. Well, as president, you also appoint the Supreme Court Yes. So but certainly a huge percentage of this population. I guess I'm just, I would encourage you to dive deep on this one because I think if you're going to be our messenger on the federal level, it's vitally important that you have something more than just medical liberty to, to message on. Let me, let me respond to that. Throughout that controversy, there were people blasting about the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates and so forth. And, and blasting people who took the vaccine, who took the mask. That's not what we're about as libertarians. Libertarian is making the choice yourself and having the right to make your choice. 
It's not about blasting people <laughs> using a mask or taking the vaccine. We understand. We, 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 understand. we have a lot of people yeah. responding. Right. Right. Uh, actually, I've been waiting to respond to Chase this whole time. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> but I will, I will say that, uh, listen, it's the most tyranny that any of us have ever experienced in our entire lifetime. It was four years of it, and a lot of it came from the federal government. If you're running for president, you should probably know a little bit more about this issue. I promise you it's important. Chase, I want to know when you decided that the government and Pfizer and all of these people were either evil or stupid because you put out through several summers uh, encouragements to wear masks, encouragements to get the vaccine. In fact, you put out a post uh, the summer after the vaccine Ooh, came out saying, I'm going to get my Fauci <laughs> out so that I can go out into the world again because I've had myself locked down for an entire year, which, by the way, it did not yeah. mention that you were taking it because of a compromised mother or anything like that. It was, a, it was an encouragement to go out and, and enjoy the world. And so I want to know at what point, because as little as, little as little last a year and a half ago, you were still posting in favor of some of these, uh, not, not mandates per se, but advocating for people to do these things uh, so that you could go out and live your life in public. So I want so to know at what point you found First off, I never advocated uh, anybody to do anything other than say what I have done. What I said is I got a shot. I'm going to go out and live my life, and I'm not going to let anybody try to lock us down ever again. I think that's a good message to have had in the summer of 2021, is that we're not going to take any lockdown ever again. And it's not because I took the vaccine that I got those in 2020. But here's the truth of it. And you can, you, here's the truth of it. You can make your own decisions for yourself. But I'm absolutely opposed to the military industrial complex, the medical industrial complex, and the entire system as it exists. The fact that we have an FDA is wrong because there are ways to measure the efficacy of drugs outside of the federal model, outside right. of the government model. But when we talk about, you know, uh, when we talk about, you know, tweets, you're taking many things out of concept. First off, never no, no, no. said right. algae, right. algae. It's ridiculous. Right. I told people that I got a vaccine, yeah. and I'm not scared of saying that I got a vaccine <laughs> one time, you guys. You know why? Because I took my doctor's advice. I went to my doctor. I didn't do it because Joe Biden did it. I went to anybody else. Yeah. So why is my yeah, personal that's, decision that's where you went wrong, Chase. One of the things being missed here was the collusion between the state and various corporate players, big pharma, big tech, the collusion yes. and control over information. This was not just the government per se. This was the government and all its apparatuses which I have called governmentalities. They act on behalf of and on at the behest of the state. Now, speaking of governmentalities, this is something that Chase tweeted. Give me autonomy and property rights, you mean. A business can decide to require workers to be vaccinated or limit customers to those with the vaccine. Yeah, they can. They want to be stupid enough to limit their customer base to only people with vaccines. They're going to lose business. They're if you're stupid enough to require, excuse me, if you're stupid enough to require a vaccine from your employees, you're probably going to lose some good employees. But a business owner and a property owner, you talk about property rights, has the right to determine who can come on their property, who can do business with yep. them, and the conditions to which they pay. They, they, wouldn't be doing, they wouldn't be doing that. That's probably right. Yeah. I can oppose the community before the state will also maintain that bodily autonomy and the free rights of private property allows people to make their own decision. I'm not, if you listen to the government, that's for you to do. You can do that. I'm not going to do that. All How do you feel about the Civil Rights Act? How do you feel about the Civil Rights Act, Jason? How do you feel about this? Do you think people should be able to discriminate based on color for their business? I believe in freedom of association, but here's the truth. While I would prefer that the free market punish racists, I understand that that's not going to change right now. You're not going to get people around eliminating
eliminating the Civil Rights Act if we haven't proven that libertarian works in a bunch of other areas. So it's don't discriminate on your medical status, but not on a race. It is okay <laughs> to have okay. freedom of association. And I just told you I want the free market to punish racists. But you know what? We have the Civil Rights Act as it currently exists, and you know what's not going to get rid of it? Us just screaming, get rid of the Civil Rights Act. We have to work on the economy, the immigration system, right. the workers, and so many other things before we give the proof of concept to people that we can punish racists with the free market. Yeah. 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 Mr. Trump's been waiting for a long time. And then we're... <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I think your question is really important because it goes to something that... What's that? Sorry, I'll wait. Yeah, okay. Uh, it goes to something that is really fundamental to our campaigns, <laughs> and that is the fact that you cannot trust your government. You brought it up in a number of different ways, right? You brought it up with regard to the pipe on, on January 6th. I brought it up with regard to the, the Baltic pipeline. We brought it up with regard to the Federal Reserve System. We brought it up in, in the context of Social Security. The fundamental message is, uh, piece of it has got to be the government is not your friend. You cannot trust the government. And for a variety of reasons, there are forces that drive the elitists, the political class that runs our government, to do things that are not in your interest, that are in their own interest, to cover things up, to keep their power, to lie to you. Okay? This idea that, well, you know, maybe it's malicious uh, and maybe it's just dopey. No, I'm sorry. It's malicious. There are a lot of people in the government who are dopey. Trust me on this. And by the way, yes, I am qualified to conduct a criminal investigation. And I can tell you that a lot of people need to go to jail. All right. And a quick follow up 30 seconds with Bill Preliminary. So you were, you were a police officer for a long time, and then you worked in the I like uh, how you Brad and that other guy, I his name, uh, handled this. That's a really interesting yeah, question. Good, yeah. um, I have never seen at the federal level decisions being made that I felt were intentionally made just to keep someone in, in, in power. Remember that my boss's 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 boss is president of the United States. It's not like I was having tea with him in the uh, old office every day. Too bad, right? But to your point, nonetheless, to your point, uh, he was the guy who said, read my lips, no new taxes. He was lying to us. And that matters. How many people here have been publicly shamed for wearing or not wearing a mask. All right. Uh, I just had a quick question for you, Terry. If Do you oh, yeah. think that uh, when candidates say things like, read my lips, no new taxes, that they, and then they get into office, and then, of course, taxes go up and it's all bullshit. Are, are they lying to us? Or are they are they thinking... Maybe I can, I can, you know, maybe I can do this. It's uh, uh, what I'm saying is, is it, is it, a, is it a deliberate, is it a deliberate deception they should be held legally accountable for or not? I think it could be either. I think I can think of some candidates where they would say anything they, you know, they don't mind lying to get votes. But I can think of others who would possibly think, and uh, was it Reagan who said, read my lips, no, no new taxes? No, it was uh, George H.W. Bush that said that. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 okay. Um, I wouldn't believe anything that he would say. 
<laughs> but I can I can think uh, that others like Reagan and maybe uh, uh, Carter, you know, they seemed a bit more, you know, George George H.W. Bush was very deep state, wasn't he? Yeah, more idealistic. Yeah, more principled maybe. But George H.W. Bush was deep state he, through he and through. Was. So, you know, he, he came from the CIA, you say. So, I mean, you know, the CIA, lying is their business, really. Somebody, uh, the head of the CIA, I can't remember which one it was, he said, once said that we know our work will be complete when the American people, you know, everything the American people believe is a lie. So that's their business. Yeah. But I'm sure some of them think, I can get in here and I'll make a difference. And they think, it's like we've talked about before, I think when they they get there, they find it's a bit more complicated than they thought and difficult. Yeah. And how, <clears throat> I, I know there are politicians that go into politics with, you know, stars in their eyes and they think they want to change from within and that sort of thing and be good. And they just inevitably hit that brick wall and find out that they have to play the game or they're not going to get to do whatever, anything at all. And there's all sorts of huge amounts of compromise as, as we learned from uh, that speech in Braveheart from uh, uh, what's his name's dad that was dying in that room or whatever that, you know, you, it's, it's the ability to compromise that makes somebody noble or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, but uh, yeah. I, I wonder you know, the, in order to be some, one of the observations I've made as an adult is that in order to be in a position of power, you have to crave power on some level. You have to be a kind of an asshole yes. to run a company. And whether that's just because yes. you have to make tough decisions and you have to tell people what to do and it just kind of comes out as you're kind of an asshole, or if you if there's some some character trait in people that pursue politics like on big levels that they are actually soulless, you know, shallow pieces of shit that they just, they just want that power. They, they are going to say whatever they want to get in there. I know people, Hillary Clinton comes to mind, but I know that yeah. are, 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 is there, is there really, is there truly an idealistic politician out there that says things that they want to do that they think are actually good, but then, you know, they get in there and they can't do it or they all kind of, they just pick a platform. They're kind of just, it's kind of a job. It's kind of, they just want to get in there and, and whatever, you know, maybe they think what they say during their campaign could be effective as a tactic while they're in office, whether they are doing it out of the kindness of their heart or not. And it just doesn't work. And then just kind of throw that out and move on. That's probably a combination of all that. It's an interesting question. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of selection that goes on. Um, you were talking about kind of psychopathic tendencies, and they've they've done studies where they've shown that the people who rise to the top of companies and you know the people who rise to the top of politics, there are more psychopaths in that group than there are in the general population, so, and the systems sort of set up to select for those characteristics, really. Yeah. And then I think the people behind the scenes who are running the show do a certain amount of selection as well. 
someone like Obama springs to mind, or I think was was sort of totally created really from almost nothing because he he came from nothing and then suddenly became president, and nobody really, nobody really knew much about him or his past. Uh, but I think there are others. I mean, with Donald Trump, for example, I'm not absolutely convinced that he was totally controlled and selected. There was a lot. There seemed to be a lot of surprise when he got elected, and I'm not convinced that, for example, Hillary Clinton, to go back to her, I don't think if there was a plan to get him in power, she definitely wasn't in on it because she was, you know, very pissed off about it. Yep. So I think there might still be the odd person who rises to the top who's fairly idealistic, but I normally I think the deep state get them under control pretty quickly. There's a, you talked, we talked about Carter and there's a story about him. I can't remember what he was doing at the time, but there was an assassination attempt on him by two guys. And they were called, um, let me get this right. I think they were called Harvey Lee and something like Jose Oswaldo. So <laughs> you put the names together and it was like right. Harvey Lee Oswaldo. <laughs> I think they were possibly sending him a signal and, uh, a, the story goes that he said to a close confidant uh, soon after, you know, very depressed, he said, I've lost control of the government. Mm. Now, I'm not sure he ever really had control of the government. It just became yeah. clear to him that he wasn't the guy running the show. Yeah, I I don't, like we've said many times, uh, the, the guy that gets elected president isn't really ever going to be in charge, I don't think. Not, not in a... Not in a real way, and and if you want to get conspiranoid, you know, they're they're selected and and put up there, and they're just the face, and it's all handled from up above and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, if you if you look yeah. at it at face value, you can't you can't think that anybody that gets elected is going to go in there and shake things up and turn things around, and and even if it's a person you don't yeah. like, like you, you know, people, oh man, like just. They, they get so incensed. I don't want Obama to, or I don't want Biden to be president. I don't want Trump to be president. I'm going to vote for the other guy, you know? And, and it's like, they're afraid that that other candidate is going to do some crazy shit. That's going to, you know, fuck up their lives. And I, and I'm like, hmm. nothing's going to happen like that. I mean, you, you might, there might be a decision yeah. to get that fucks up your life because of the government, but it's not because the president is making that decision. You know, that's right. At, at best, right. Yeah. at best, the guy sitting at the desk in the Oval Office gets presented with some papers and then they just sign them because and and even if they, they can't, uh, uh, it's not like they're making a decision to do that. But at best, they need a an elected official to be there to put a signature on paper in order to have the show maybe just just the the idea that the general public is being represented somehow in the the government course of action and it's 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 not really what people think it is for sure quite right um before we move on and i know time's marching on but can i make a quick point someone raised the the civil rights act and i presume they're talking about something where you know perhaps a part of it where you're not allowed to discriminate on the basis of race who comes That's into correct. your shop for example yep can't do and, that anymore uh most people probably think that that's a very good thing but the problem is that 
it's an example of government interference being a thin end of the wedge because it wouldn't have surprised me during if during COVID that they said you're not allowed to go into shops unless you're vaccinated or you're wearing a mask or something. And in mm-hmm. fact, they did that in Spain here. Well, they you did that here. Wear masks when you're outside all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. There were there were cities. So you uh, know, and as soon yeah, as you let yeah. government. So I'll just finish my point. As soon as you let the government decide what can and cannot be done on private property, you're in trouble because they're going to interfere in a lot of other things you don't want them to interfere with. Yeah, well, uh, absolutely. There were there were cities here I traveled, not in Georgia that I remember. Maybe there was some stuff going on in Atlanta, like in Atlanta proper within the actual borders of Atlanta. But I remember going on a road trip with some friends to Huntsville uh, in Alabama and they had a citywide mask mandate. And so we brought masks with us cause we were going to this event and we wanted to be a part of the event. So we wore them when, you know, here and there, but by the end of the night, you know, the, the, the masks were off. Nobody around was wearing them. We were bar hopping and nobody was wearing masks and it was really good. <laughs> Complete bullshit. But, the, the that sort of stuff was happening it just wasn't being terribly enforced um but yeah you, i i agree that the the, the reason you know discrimination is not good when it when it's racist you know we all nobody disagrees with that well there's there may be some people watching us that do but um the 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 idea that a property owner should not be allowed to set a policy for the businesses that he uh, allows to rent a space on his property is worse, I think. And, you know, if you're, if you, if you own a business and the the property on which your business is set is okay with your policy and you go in there and you say, you know, no white people allowed in this business because we're, we're turning the, we're, flipping the we're flipping the the manual over and they do that that's Mm -hmm. illegal uh because of the civil rights act but if there's if there the the real problem isn't that that business makes that decision the real problem is uh, at least back in the 60s and earlier there were there were administrative policies laws in place that that were very wrong very unfair and we're you know systematically suppressing um black people in the south and it, it was horrible i i you know, the, the, say what you want about the civil rights movement you know it corrected all that but maybe we didn't need to to abolish discrimination amongst businesses because if it, if the private business wants to discriminate, whatever, if the if there's not a a law in place that says you can't put a new business up right next door that corrects that policy, you know there would be a free market solution to it if the free market were allowed to exist, and we wouldn't need the civil rights bills with it. That's what I believe. Yeah. So, anyway. I think I think Chase yeah, because Oliver in a free market, that, if just, if too many, <laughs> hmm. yeah, 
in, in, with a totally free market, if you're discriminating against black people, for example, and there's a lot of good black people that could be employees, someone is going to have the idea that, hey, I've got all these. It's a bit like the sort of uh, money ball thing in baseball. They're going to think these these guys are really undervalued. You know, I, I need to be employing them because I can I can pick them up fairly cheap because there's a lot of them unemployed because nobody want, else wants to employ them. And I'm going to clean up and everything, everything will balance out in the end. That's what I believe, anyway. Yeah. Exactly. For how many people? Have, exactly. Either way, how many people have been publicly shamed for taking uh, the the vaccine or not taking the vaccine? All right. So how does that make everybody feel? It makes people feel like crap. We've got to stop telling other people how to live their lives, and we got to and we got to stop using government to tell us. It's not us that's telling people how to live their lives. It's the state and their corporate appendages. It is not us. I'm not standing around. There were some people, I call them state agents, little sentinels of surveillance that ran around saying, get your mask on and all this kind of stuff. But this was happening at a Contact huge level from propaganda all the way from the state thing. and including corporations that were involved, yeah, yeah. big tech, big pharma. Uh, the entire uh, media complex, all of these people were involved in pushing an agenda, and that's what needs to be dealt with in this in this current moment. We can't just uh, assume that it's only the state. We must know what their partners are doing as well. So, I've got a question for Chase based on his answer. Go ahead. Uh, Chase, in your debate with Senator Warnock, you stated that you favored the Equality Act. And I'm wondering that, other that was one of the uh, discrimination on the basis of, uh, of private retail That's what I said. Of sexual yeah, orientation, yeah. I'm sure. I'm wondering how you reconcile that with what you just Pocahontas, said. I always right? said that I support the uh, right for anybody not be discriminated against by government when you're entering the government. So when there's government contracts, any interaction with the government, there should be no discrimination. And I said in that debate, I support the people to not be discriminated by government. I don't support. No, I do not support adding new laws to the books that says you can or can't do this. Frankly, here's the truth. I would rather, if, I'm a gay man. If you're a homophobe, tell me about it so I don't have to associate with you. I don't want the, so, the state to have to force you to do business with me. I'd rather put my money elsewhere. But when it comes to the government, I do believe there should be equal access, whether it's your color of your skin, your religion, your sexual orientation. You should not be discriminated against by the government because the government is of the people, by the people, and for the people. And that's a difference between private markets, and that's something we can recognize. And even and alongside the civil rights again. again, I wouldn't want the government to discriminate on anybody uh, based on their race. So do you want the Civil Rights Act abolished? I believe, yes, we should be able to have the uh, free markets of racism be punished. But here's the truth of it. We're never going to get to have that conversation if we don't handle like, like 100 other things the libertarians are on the list of the American people. What about so, DEI? Yeah, I believe you should hire the best job for the best rate. That's the only thing that should matter. That's the way the free market works. So, so no, I don't support schemes to say you have to hire these people, you have to have this. It's basically affirmative action. With Brad, are you suggesting we need federal legislation? Prohibiting no, a company from engaging in DEI? No, I don't no, think so. It's, no, it's very yeah, important. Yeah, if a company wants to engage in that as their scheme, exactly. to hire me, they can do that. Yeah. So you need to be careful how you put it. No, yeah. hold on, hold on. It's actually the opposite. It was an executive order by Barack Obama in uh, August of 2011 that mandated that DEI, DEI be implemented across all federal departments. And because and of that, Biden has backed that up. 
he put it back in place after Trump threw it out. But but the, the reality is that this is a federal program. So please be careful too about allocating that to private corporations when they are doing so because they have got contracts with the federal government exactly. that mandate to take. I just want to say your point, to your point, one of the reasons why it is so evil inside the federal government, and it is, one of the reasons it's so evil is because it propagates, right? It moves like all propaganda yep. and like so many other ideas. And you have a, a number of companies who feel under pressure, either in order to get federal contracts or just to comply with the mob because they see the federal government pushing this crap. Right. Uh, I, want to, I want to make it clear that I do, I do support the Voting Rights Act of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. I think to condemn that aspect is absolutely illegitimate. Agreed. I think that's fair. Uh, Toad, and then we'll go to the next question. Yeah, I was just going to point out real quickly that uh, Chase is running to be the uh, representative of the Libertarian Party as the presidential nominee. However, he was duped by the largest uh, government propaganda campaign that we've seen in our lives, maybe in ever in history. And I, I think I think it's disqualifying, and I think that any Libertarian worker saw by uh, he did he did change his mind on it a year later. Fine, that's better than not having done so, but. I think any libertarian work their salt would have recognized that like almost immediately. And it should have been like a year earlier. And as far as uh, Jacob Hornberg over there, him basically just ignoring that the COVID regime even happened whatsoever, <laughs> that's as much of a disqualifier as I've ever seen. I don't even think the guy's a libertarian. <laughs> First off, uh, yes, I'm running the PR nominee for president. He probably wants to put them in Guantanamo as, as well. Yeah. I'm actually running. I'm not a podcast on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> That was a low blow. No, I didn't. The truth is, is I always, always, and forever will stand beside you. Make your own decisions and don't be coerced by a government to do it. I oppose coercion. I oppose force. And I always have. have don't try to twist it like I'm some sort of like Democrat. It's like everybody go out and get your COVID shots. No. When asked, I got mine because I took my doctor's advice. And do I believe that property owners have the right to determine one way or the other? Absolutely, I do. Because that's libertarianism. That's mm -hmm. And if we're going to sit here and argue, like I said, like Mark said, to shame people over one side or the other. I don't shame you over your decisions. Like, you make your decisions, I'll make mine, Josh will make his, we can make our own wait, decisions. Wait, 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 wait a minute, he mentioned my name, isn't it rule? Oh, I just ran out loud. He said people, I don't personally. Let me tell you something, Mr. Toad. Yes. Yes. Are you suggesting that I'm not a libertarian when I've dedicated my entire life to this cause is unfounded and illegitimate? I don't ignore anything in this COVID thing. What I'm saying is I'm not an investigator. I'm not a prosecutor. I'm not the head of a grand jury. If those crimes have been committed, then by the way, then take your evidence to a grand jury. Don't control yeah. people in one time. It's still worth way. talking about, dude. Problem, which is what you favor up on this stage. Yes. Yes. You're not going to prosecute people from the stage here, but you still have to be able to talk about it. Yeah, I don't like any of that. So you can't say that's a moderate anything. It's 
disgusting. Say the same thing if I left this open for Jake. No, the truth is, is it's I don't really think Toad was being serious. How can you have to have some due process, though, don't you, even for these Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I don't think those uh, the guys they captured are good guys, and I don't, I don't think they should be let go, but it should be given some kind of due process, you know, they've just been held in the for you. I'm going to recommend that you go get it. So guess what? I didn't do yeah. Do I regret Without it? Without trial. Because it probably didn't do a whole hell of a lot for me. That's and that's the truth of it. But and I'm not going to out trust your doctor. Yes, I still trust my doctor because they're the person who came back oh. and said, you know what? That's we learned question. more. That's and that's the truth. Question. The fact that my doctor was able to say, you know what? It's a big mistake. I learned <laughs> something else is a reason to trust it. Yeah, I, I really don't right. appreciate the so the, the, of our healthcare these days. It's so controlled by insurance companies and government policy. We're not going to the doctor to see our doctor anymore. We're going to the doctor to get whatever schedule of treatment that the insurance company is willing to support, you, you know, board, that's, that's all we're going to talk for anymore. There's a reason why they're all coming for me. Yeah. yeah, the reason why they're all coming yeah, for me is too much government interference again. And then, and then there's, yeah, the regulations that control, that are written by the insurance companies, so the sole insurance companies. Yeah. Oh, when I guess I can say this now, the Libertarian Party does not speak for me. And unless I retweet, I do not at all endorse them. Yes, because they shared stuff that was abhorrent about the COVID regime. No, it wasn't about the COVID regime. Why did I say that? Because I was running for U.S. Senate. And if people come to me and they say, why is this coming out of the party? Why is the party tweeting this? Why is the party saying this? And I don't agree with it. I have to go and say, I publicly don't agree with it. you're calling Lou Rockwell a racist. But yes, I am. We resume it as soon as possible. But yes, I am. This is a technical fault. You're watching. You're going to be on the air. Okay, we're going to take it. I'm going to Mr. Kavat. What's our topic now? Oh, I have, uh, <laughs> no, no, I, I have a topic. I have a topic. I have to because, yes, I know. And we've already, we already went absolutely ballistic on that one. So I'm going to make this one an easy one. Uh, I would like to know from your perspective who has been a better president, Joe Biden or Donald Trump? It's another poison challenge. Yeah. Yep. The reason I find this easy is because. It's important that we don't trust the state. The state is not your friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The state yeah. does things that are not in know. your interest. Joe Biden is the state. I've been following this guy in a weird way since he was in his 40s, and I got news for you. Those of you who think that he's an idiot because he's so old would be really disappointed to know he was not smart. In the 1970s, okay, it's been a state of mind. It hasn't gone off the cliff. He was retired before Daniels. He just has a speech in Now, having said that, Donald Trump is not someone you can trust. I know we had a little thing earlier. Maybe you see it differently, Brad. 
then maybe he's your guy. You know, that's cool. <laughs> he's my guy. <laughs> well, yeah, you're, you're standing up for him. That's your guy. You vote for it. Come on, that's a big lie. Well said. Uh, I don't trust Donald Trump. I, you know, I was in New York in the 80s. I got a long history of disliking this guy. But his instincts are correct. That the state is not your friend. That we need to take down the swamp. That's what he said, anyway. I reject your false yeah. You all are terrible. No, here's the thing. Obviously, it's by I've been in the government doing these things forever. I mean, as long as I've been longer than I've been alive, and I'm 40. That says something. Um, and by you know, continues to expand the warfare state, continues to expand the welfare state, continues to you know try one our country with whatever he wants to fund our country with. I mean, he's been terrible. Trump, for all of his terrible, terrible downfalls, didn't add any new wars. Yes. He, of course, expanded Syria a little bit, which is not good. Uh, I, I'm obviously anti these things. And he was also the father of the vaccine. He was also the father of the COVID regime. He was the one that it, it looked at all of the governors and said, hey, you know, maybe you guys should lock down. He told DeSantis that it was his word that, that could make Florida lock, lock down and not the Santos's. I mean, this was, these are both terrible actions and they're both horrible. There's some things that he was worse than Biden on. There's nothing really that, 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 that he was better, or that Biden was better on him than him on. But yeah, at the end of the day, I, I really reject this false premise entirely. I've never had a president in my lifetime that cared about the United States of America and its people. Uh, they have all worked for foreign and corporate interests around the, around the, the country, and it's time to end that. So, thanks. Uh, was the question which one was better yeah. or worse? Better? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Josh, reverse that, Josh. <laughs> Josh also uh, is kind of refusing to answer a uh, hypothetical there. Uh, the answer to this is Trump was the better of the two. Uh, they both expose a bunch of things about the establishment, but Trump does it by basically just being totally unfiltered and actually saying it in a lot of cases to you, like what is actually going on here. Biden does it just because he exemplifies uh, the rotting, decrepit corpse of the establishment. But Trump does it in a more hilarious way. He is a fellow <laughs> shit truster. So the answer is Trump. Trump is funny. He is, he is one of the funniest He's very entertaining. No, seriously, this, this is why I am running for president, is because we have two crap guys that we have to choose from again. I'm tired of the illusion of choice. I'm tired of the government foisting on us this choice. Look, we have two private corporations, the RNC and the DNC, who run our damn elections. It's a completely rigged game, folks. They have already chosen these two clowns to run again. And all my life, I had to choose between... Uh, it's it's um, kind of true, but I really hate that cliche like third party either. answer. We get that a lot in the UK with third party. These guys before, and I'm not going to vote for them. Again. I hate them they're both equally. They're horrible you know. for America, and they are anti-libertarian. They are authoritarian. They spend trillions of dollars that we don't have. Bury the American people. They are not friends of the American people. They are friends of the establishment. They are friends of the bureaucracy. We need to put an end to this crap for good. You said that the DNC and RNC run our election. I would, I would argue that APAC runs our elections more than almost any yeah. other. So, uh, well, we funny to say this. Before, before, we, before we go to Chase, I just, uh, I just want to say, I'm not asking you to tell me who you're going to vote for. I'm just asking you to uh, they're both terrible. It's, you can determine who's, you know, there's different factors. Like, you're, Biden's done less drone bombings than Trump. So on that, I guess, old Joe is better. But they're terrible on everything. 
They have both continued to spend money, continue to expand the warfare state, including Donald Trump, who had more drone bombs in four years than Obama did in eight. And so uh, he's not really? a peace president, that's for damn sure. But they're both awful in their own Isn't particular really way. And you're right. I, I think Joe Biden was stupid uh, right out of high school when he said, oh, let's just break Iraq into three different countries and that'll solve the Secretary of Violence that we have there. He's been an idiot since the beginning. But Donald Trump is no better. He says things you like to hear. I'm going to drain the swamps. Does nothing to do it. Yeah. I'm going to fix this. Does nothing to do it. He plays you lip service. And we need to reject that too. So neither are really better than the other. One is absolutely doing things we don't support, but he's not trying to pay us lip service and kiss our ass about it. But they're both effing mm. terrible. And like you said, Trump started the yeah, COVID state. Okay. He ran an ad in 2020 saying, I listened to everything Anthony Fauci told me. That was what he ran on. And now he's running against it. Uh, and the truth is, it just shows the inconsistency of who he is. Trump and, then Trump are, and, and then Joe Biden is the same way. There, are, You can find flip-flops of Joe Biden's 50 years in government pretty easily. And let's mm. not forget that the guy who wants to talk about racial equality and, and, and peace between the people is also the same guy who passed the 94 crime bill that called people super predators and all sorts of horrible things. And so neither of us, nor neither of them should be trusted at all fix it. Who's better amongst the two? I don't know. Flip a coin. They're both two shit sides of the same coin. Well, so I don't care. The reason, the reason I ask is, you know, I, I think that aside from the COVID era, I think that the, the drafting of the Patriot Act would probably be the biggest infringement of our rights. Yes. And Joe Biden has bragged about Offering that. He was absolutely mm -hmm. a part of that. And don't forget that Democrats and Republicans all voted for those things. So it's not like one party's better than the other either. Uh, and uh, yeah, I guarantee you on 9 11 2001 and 9 12, Donald Trump would have tried to pass all the same things. He would have said, We're all in danger and don't worry, I can protect you. Yep. I will protect you. And this yeah. is what any he would have definitely done that. In those situations yeah. in every emergency. <laughs> and that's why we need libertarians in office because they will reject that notion. Mr. Reginald. Yes, I mean, Donald Trump uh, effectively rolled out Operation Warp Speed, which was the beginning of the COVID uh, crisis, per se. So he was responsible for the beginning of this entire uh, debacle and this entire uh, sham that we faced. And I think that the, the thing is, though, that he, was, he did one thing well. And that was he was able to get rhetoric out there. Now, I'm not saying he actually believed it, but he was able to get rhetoric out there that opposed the establishment. And that was that was something that was important to, to hear. And despite the fact that he, he doesn't stand by it, really, at least his rhetoric was damaging to the to the regime. That is very clear from the fact that they tried everything and still do complete to completely shut him up. But that being said, I mean, this is a this is a, a false binary, one that I can't uh, adjudicate except to say that they're both terrible, of course. Uh, but I would say this, the economy was better under Trump and that's because he allowed, uh, he got rid of regulations, he allowed drilling, which we must have, we must have uh, energy policy, we must be able to drill on our shores, we must get rid of the uh, DEI, all, all of these things which are terrible and much more prohibitive uh, than, uh, than anything that Trump did. So, I mean, Trump was a disaster too. But I should say that, uh, you know, Biden is, is a nightmare. We're looking at uh, socialism 3.0. I'll, I'll come to you in one second, Josh, but I want to let Mr. Barnbaker go. Yeah, there's not any difference between these two guys. But you see, that's not the fundamental problem. The problem is that, that the system they favor. They favor the system of immigration control. They favor the Johnson system of military control. As soon as Some military military just want to reform. <laughs> they favor Social Security, the continuation of socialism for the next 25 years. 
which some libertarians want to support. They favor the national security state. It's going back they to favor that. the foreign wars. They favor the state-sponsored assassination. Where have you heard during this entire campaign any condemnation of the CIA's and the Pentagon's assassination of John F. Kennedy? Robert F. Kennedy is not scared to point it out. Why, aren't, why hasn't any Libertarian Party presidential candidate in the last 25 years condemned him for that coup? I condemn them. And that's, and that's what we need in this party in a presidential race. That's what we need in this presidential race. A vision that says we don't he just looks need like a new he would president be to manage this crooked corruption. On the committee. We need <laughs> a new system. One that, that is based on yes. individual <laughs> liberty up. and the, found, yeah. the sound founding principles of this country. Thank you, Mr. Harper. Uh, Josh, one, one comment. I have a quick question from Mr. Michael Rackenball, who said that both presidential candidates were horrible or something along those lines, but was donating to Donald Trump prior to announcing to be the presidential yeah. candidate of the Libertarian Party. He also Absolutely. donated uh, monthly to Whitman Brand, which is mm -hmm. a uh, yeah. worked very, very, very hard to keep Libertarians off the ballots back and back as well. Mm -hmm. um, and he made posts such as, Trump's speech moved me to tears, these kind of things. So I want to know what point, this is a question, at what point did you uh, realize that Donald Trump wasn't a good president? No, no, he, he called Faith Oliver out on a, in a similar way. My uh, on support for Trump too. giving $25 to win red was when he was indicted. And I thought that was an outrage. Now, I'm, I'm just going to say this, and I hope it doesn't embarrass him, but Clint has actually said online, on Twitter, that he thought about voting for Trump in a way because it's an F you to the establishment. There's something to that. That's all it was. It had nothing to do with supporting the Republican Party or their principles, which they lack. It was merely an F you to the regime. Trump is a swamp. Wait, now let, let, let me add to this point, though, because in Chronicles Magazine, Reckonwald wrote, following is a partial list of actions that a Republican, <laughs> a Republican. president Republican president could take by executive order to begin reversing the damage, close the border by completing the border wall. Yes, that's right. A Republican president might do. That wasn't, I wasn't talking on behalf of myself. That's you were challenging the Republican Party on what they should do. I just want to say thank you to Michael Frenchwald for the answer. Uh, I'm glad that you came to that conclusion because back in 2008 when we were campaign for all Paul, he donated loan taxes to Hillary Clinton. The new, the new stuff is way better than the yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, I've been very clear about my past, my history. I was a Marxist at one point, okay? I had a major discipleship. That makes me a more fierce libertarian than anybody on this stage. I've written more against socialism than all these people combined. I've reached more people with my books than all of these people combined. I've reached 100,000 readers with libertarian ideas in the free market. You might laugh, but you don't have any free market uh, actual results to show for it. I, I'm not talking about... I think about he feeds his kids. That seems like free market results. Seven of them do. Every day. Huh? Well, uh, the quick follow for you, Mr. I didn't get that. He said he's got seven kids. What would it indicate to others? Yeah, but I mean, what does that have to do with what he Yeah, because there was pictures literally of him on the stage with Fauci, and they're both laughing, and he's pointing at a swamp creature. He, he, you know, he went in there talking about how he was going to tear the swamp down. But then he surrounded himself by swamp creatures in every direction. Now you can say, well, he didn't, he didn't know he was. Donald Trump is a severe businessman. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he was surrounding himself with. And 
to me, he is still doing his uh, virtual reality show as president. And he just wanted to look good. So he brought in the people that he thought were the experts and they turned out to be the swamp. So he embraced the swamp in my opinion. Well, that's, are you vaccinated? I am vaccinated. Do you regret it? Uh, no, my dad almost Might died some truth of that, COVID. Yeah. Um, he was on an incubator and it was very close. And so I thought, and so I thought my wife also is compromised. And I thought, you know, if I don't do this and I kill my wife, how would I ever live with myself? Sure. Right. So that, so, but I, I have always been a hundred percent for it is your right to choose and that no one should make that decision for you. Yeah. I'd like to stop here and just say that. It, it bothers me when you condemn people for getting vaccinated. When, when people do, like people out here, you got the vaccine, therefore you're complicit, therefore blah, 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 blah. You're held responsible. You're part of the problem. I completely disagree with that because we're, we're all humans, you know, and we're all being told information and very, very few of us are scientists that were studying virology at the labs that developed the vaccine. So we don't know all the details, but when you're blasted with these statistics, everybody's dying. And then you've got your elderly grandmother in the room next door who, you know, if a single COVID particle hits her in the head, she could be toast. You're, you're going to do everything you can to protect that life. And I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And if one of those options that may or may not be viable, may or may not help is getting a vaccine and you make that decision to go do that, there's nothing wrong with that. You, you can't, we were all lied to from Uh, the beginning. And, and I think you, you can't blame somebody for making a decision because because you've got everybody has important things in their life and they have to make these important decisions. And a lot of these, like Chase Oliver was saying, he he got the shot because his doctor recommended it or whatever. And he didn't want to. Whatever it did, it, unless you made that decision because you just wanted to support the government and their efforts and be, you know, and wave a flag for. You know, we're all in this together. If that's the only reason you did it, then yeah, you're you're kind of a piece of shit. But if you had a legitimate reason, you made that decision because that's the way you did. And maybe now you regret it. Maybe not. Maybe you're still getting jab updates because you just want to be as safe as possible because you have a real reason to do that. Go and do that. That's your decision. Yeah, in in general, I would agree with you that I, I I do feel sorry in general for people who've got vaccinated because they were misled and they've done something bad to themselves that uh, would probably have some bad health consequences for them if they're not unlucky about it. Uh, I would yeah. make a distinction between people like that who got jabbed and say it's your decision. And those who got jabbed and say, right, I've done my bit. Now it's time for you to do your bit. You've got all got to go out and get jabbed and, you know, maybe mandate vaccinations and want to discriminate against the unvaccinated. Having said all that, I do think Toad's got a bit of a point in that if you're a libertarian, you really should be suspicious of when a government campaign comes out strongly for getting vaccinated. You you should really be thinking to yourself, I'm not sure I trust them on this one. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Um, but in the end, you know, if you have to make that decision, one of my coworkers was not in favor of any of these vaccines. I, I would describe him as a libertarian, but he's not, I don't know. He doesn't uh, present himself in that way so much, but he absolutely mm -hmm. was not in favor of any of these government things. And he didn't have any plans to get the vaccine at all. I thought it was bullshit, just like the rest of us. But he did. He went and got one because his his elderly grandmother or mother, I can't remember which one. He's, I don't know, he's in his, uh, he's getting on, but uh, his elderly whatever was going in for some surgery and he, he needed to be there to be with her. You know, there just, there was no question that was going to happen. And the hospital required him to be vaccinated in order to be in the same room and all that stuff. So he, he kind of, he, there was nothing he could do. He just, maybe he could have filed for an exemption or something like that, but his, his mom or grandmother, whoever it was, was going to get this procedure, this thing done. He had to be there. He didn't have time to mess around. He went and got vaccinated so he could, so he could be that uh, participant in her life. And I don't hold him accountable for that. I mean, that's not, that was his, he had, to, he had to do it. That was the hospital's uh, thing. He, it was a tough decision, but he had to do it. And I don't, it's, I don't it, blame people for getting vaccinated for reasons like that. Yeah, you've got to be sympathetic for people who've made a decision on on those bases, uh, or because they were going to lose their job otherwise. You know, maybe they didn't have a prospect yeah. of getting another. That's another thing. That's it. People say, "Oh, well, they could just quit and get a new job." job. Well, you know what? That's that's not as yeah. easy as it sounds. You know, <laughs> that's a big thing. You've got yeah. family to support. You've got house payments. Sure, you're yeah. Gonna, you're going to be down for several months if you quit your job sure, looking yeah. for another job. And if you're no, in I a agree. position, it's very stressful as well. if you're in a position where you're at a, a some kind of corporate level where where they would mandate a vaccine, like you're in a job, your prospects are probably going to be around that same level. So you're going to have extra difficulty finding a place that's going to just say, oh, yeah, sure. Come on in. We don't care if you have a vaccine or not. We're going to give you the same yeah. level of pay, the same job responsibilities, the same blah, blah, blah. That's that's it's going to be really hard to find. So you're going to be you're going to have to support yourself without any active income for a long time if you decide to quit your job. Or you can just go get a jab that probably statistically probably isn't going to affect you in any way at all. You know? Yeah. yeah. You, might, you could take that chance. I, yeah. I personally, I wouldn't do it. I don't think any job's worth that. But the problem you got again is that these instructions are coming from the top. So a lot of times you don't have any choice. You know, and imagine that hospital, the hospital mandates were coming from the top, even in the US, where hospitals presumably have more freedom. Here in Spain, you know, they're government run facilities. So the government mm -hmm. said, we're going to mandate. Were not vaccines, but they mandated masks, for example. Um, yeah, uh, and you couldn't you couldn't get out of it. And and in certain countries, France, I think, possibly the UK, I can't remember now, they mandated vaccines for healthcare workers. You know that were government employees. So what can you do? I mean, you know, it's you're you're in a bind. And again, the problem's coming yeah. from government policy, right? But Which... not to go on hold. 
if you just want to go on holiday, just wait, wait a year. That's what I was telling everyone, you know, don't, don't just rush out and do it now. Just wait, hang on. Things will get better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, and I did not get an alternative, more vaccines because I realized that there was a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, I went with the information that I had and the information that I have was So we're false. not we're going to trust people that can't see through a certain uh, obvious... 90% evidence. of the people in America took a vaccine. And that's what we want to lead us, one of those 70%. 70%. We want one so of those are you saying the 70%? Yes. Please. No. No. Please. All right, that's probably a good place to wrap up. I just want to clarify the reason I asked is because I, I believe that once you've made that decision, I'm not shaming anybody for having gotten the vaccine. I think what's most important that you're 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 capable of analyzing what transpired in that moment. Yeah. Especially if you want to be the president of the United States, yes. it's fucking mandatory. Yeah. So that's yes. the reason I ask. I'm not trying to shame anybody. Yeah. I just want to be clear. Oh, All right. Shaming so, is not illegal. Uh, well, but, but for the record, I'm not. So, uh, we're going to have closing arguments. Sixty uh, seconds. Let's keep it brief. I got a minute. Thanks everybody for putting up with us and thanks a lot for us uh, spend the day with you all. You're actually a lovely crowd and, and, and that's the uh, truth of the matter. And you might not know it from what you've just heard a couple of hours uh, that have just passed, but this is actually a terrific group of guys. And only pushed like this will they uh, get on each other's nerves as badly as they apparently did. Uh, for those of you who want to see a very professional campaign, it's not everybody, it's not for everybody, but I believe it is the right answer to disrupting the political duopoly that reigns in America. For those of you who want to see a professional campaign, I encourage you to look at one of our three websites. We've got an AI bot coming out that's very fun. Uh, it's in uh, beta phase. Uh, we call it LISA, the Libertarian Intelligence uh, System application. You can find it at uh, libertarianintelligence.org. Go test it, play with it. It's a lot of fun. That's what she yes, said. AI has problems and threats and risks uh, to our future, but this is something that we need to be good at because everyone else is going to be using it. We lean into my background in public service and public policy. We do that on purpose. We maintain a lot of credibility, a lot of details, a lot of background. We believe it matters when it comes to clearing the threshold that Americans will expect to be competitive. Thanks a lot. Mr. Smith. Uh, first of all, I want to say to my co-host on my show, beat Lisa in three questions. So we've got some work to do, Mike. All right. All right. Uh, I look at, I'm just a blue collar working class guy that's just like everybody else here. Uh, I'm just sick and tired of the government making it hard to be a family. Uh, and so if you want a candidate that's going to put a huge emphasis on uh, you know, incentivizing the family as instead of incentivizing the family. You want somebody who hates the Federal Reserve and thinks it's Satan. You want somebody who's going to beat the anti-war drum harder than anybody up here, I promise. Uh, then I'm your candidate, and I would like you guys to go to Joshua Smith 2024. You can check out the platform. Uh, you can check out the platform there. There's all of our, our campaign videos. I promise you. I promise you, I work my butt off to get on a stage with these other guys, not these guys, but the guys in the in the general election. And I have a lot to say, and I guarantee I'm going to echo a lot of the same sentiments you guys have with uh, just trying to be a normal American every day. So I appreciate your support. You can go there, you can become a volunteer, see our videos, our platforms, you can donate to the campaign, and uh, I'll see you guys on the Patreon. Thank you. So I'd like to hear about the website for your campaign. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs>
Uh, you'll have to uh, time travel for that one into the future. Uh, look, man, I'm, I'm just real. I'm not, I'm not going like, to spew bullshit up here. I, I'm running the most efficient campaign that the time I've ever seen. I've done zero fundraising. I continue to... Uh, I plan on uh, continuing having that uh, be the case. And um, I mean, what would you rather be? Would you rather do that and like, not expend all this uh, effort and actually like spend more time like being able to not even spend money on shoes? Libertarian lifers, like some of the, these guys up here, putting in like all this time, effort, tons of money, like hundreds of thousands of dollars, like bars, or being uh, like just a perennial loser, like Jacob, who's losing every single libertarian primary, every single cycle, or put it in, you know, just uh, like uh, Joe Jorgensen or whatever the uh, nominee is going to be, just to get one, two percent in the general, and then everybody's going to forget about you. No, who cares about that? So Chase makes fun of me for uh, just knowing him as being a podcaster, but look, I think we can reach people that way. We can reach people by making them laugh. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Where's your website? Honest, very Thank you. So, real quick, a little background. I grew up with an outhouse and no electricity on a pot farm in Big Sur, California. And I went on to found multiple internet companies, the largest of which was a company called Friendfinder Networks. It was dating websites. I, I grew Friend that to Finder. 600 employees doing $350 million a year in sales. I sold that company in 2007. Look, the Libertarian Party has a messaging and fundraising problem, okay? It's not that we're, our messaging isn't bold enough. It's not that our messaging isn't principled enough. It's that we're not reaching enough people with a regular message that resonates with regular people out there. That's what my campaign is about. I picked five pieces of policy that resonate with the most Americans, that fix problems that Americans have, their healthcare, the economy, the criminal justice system, our rigged voting system. Go to Lars24.com, where I have a huge policy team that has put together over 30 pieces of policy with white papers on how we're actually going to unrig the system. You all have the power to unrig the system. I need you all to show up in Washington, D.C. for me and vote for me as a delegate so that I can win the nomination and bring our message of liberty to the most Americans ever reached. Thank you, Mr. Master. Uh, Mr. Owen. So, uh, from it's, the first day that I found the the networks very much into a tent, I had been committed to the idea mm -hmm. of fighting for human liberty. But I didn't get there all uh, just instantly. I came into that tent being an anti-war Democrat at the time, uh, because George Bush was a Republican, and I opposed Obama failing on everything that he did in terms of foreign policy. And when I met John Mons, he said, what is the most libertarian issue to you? And I bet you're more libertarian than you realize. And I said, I oppose the war on terror and the war in Iraq with every fiber of my being. And the next words out of his mouth were, welcome home. Welcome home. This is the party that you belong to. Let's connect your anti-war policies with the libertarian philosophy. And ever since then, I've been allowed to grow in this movement, and we've been seeing. Uh, and what I want to do is I want to provide that growth for millions of voters who are dissatisfied with the two-party system. A majority of the country says they are sick and tired of uh, Republicans versus Democrats, Trump versus Biden. So let's give them something they can feel good about voting for. And let's welcome them into the tent. You're anti-war? Welcome home. You want to support the rights of immigrants? Welcome home. You want to secure property rights? Welcome home. And if that's your issue, you come here and let's let you grow into liberty so we can have millions of new libertarians fighting for liberty all over the country. That's what I want to do. Go to votechaseoliver.com and learn how to join the movement. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Oliver. Mr. Thank you. Nice My name is Michael Rechtenwald, and my nice website thing. is rechtheregime.com. And that's what I intend to do. And I don't intend to do this by myself. This is not a campaign strictly. I am running 
uh, at the head of a movement. And this movement is a movement of localization and decentralization. And that has to take place at the local level. Uh, we're not going to march into Washington, D.C. like a white knight and fix all of the federal government's problems and abolish this and abolish that. We have to do it from the ground up. It's not going to happen by virtue of a, a flashy media campaign and advertising uh, uh, agenda. It has to happen with somebody that can speak the liberty message to the broadest audience. I have reached hundreds of thousands of readers with my books in the free market. And those ideas have been, have been, uh, have been uh, read and, and they have been accepted and they've been uh, pondered by, by hundreds of thousands of people. This is what I want to do is take this message to a broader public and make more libertarians and shift the Overton window towards libertarians. Right. Mr. Hornberger, there will be one cloud bonus question after this uh, final question. As I have been pointing out South Carolina debate, this reform message that has come to characterize this party, Social Security reform, health care reform, immigration reform, monetary reform, cannot garner votes. And it cannot lead America to liberty. Three years ago, 1.1%. Two years ago, Chase, 2%. Mike Tremont, 1%. Two Wall Street Journal polls for 2024, 1%. Chase is the best example of this. 10, 20, 30 million dollars in his race for U.S. Senate. A statewide debate with an incumbent U.S. Senator. He got his message out to every voter. His reform-oriented message. His 25-year plan to continue socialism in America. Why didn't he win the Senate seat? Why did he only get 2%? Because this reform People message cannot equal. garner votes for this party. The only thing yeah, they just want to vote for the red team or the blue team. Break us out to the 10 or 15% category and that can lead this country to freedom is a campaign that is based 100%, no exceptions, on pure, genuine founding principles of this party, including open borders and abolishing every single socialist program immediately. This is a, a rarity and closing argument, but since you were addressed, I'll give you an answer. Uh, $30 million, I didn't have $30 million, I had $20,000. So that $20,000, I forced a runoff for the most expensive U.S. Senate race in history. I made national news for the Libertarian Party here in Georgia and around the country. I'm so proud of that race. Good job, Tate. I voted in that. I was able to vote in that. You got oh, my vote. Yeah. I, I certainly know libertarians in Georgia. I, I can't imagine he had thirty million dollars. That seems ridiculous. No, he, he didn't have that big of a campaign. Right. So Chase, this leads to the bonus question. You told me the other day you knew how you're going to take on Trump on the general stage. Yes. And uh, you're going to out Trump. Trump. And the the attacks that would be coming if you were to see him on the debate stage. How would you handle those attacks? The way you handle a bully is you go right at them. That's how you stop a bully. So if Donald Trump's going to be coming at me, I'm going to remind him, listen, Donald, you said all sorts of BS in the past. You said, I'm going to eliminate the debt in eight years, and then you blew up the debts and deficit. You said, I'm going to defend you, but yet there's still tons and tons of violence around here. You keep saying all this BS, but everybody can see exactly right through it, because ever since the 1980s, you've been a grifter, you've been a liar, you've been a con man, and don't pretend like you aren't. Just admit Say it to his face. Say it right <laughs> Oh, there we go. There's that guy. You see the one who does the impression on Brad? Yeah. He does a terrible Trump impression.
say that you guys got frog as your front runner. <laughs> It's a very kind of a waste of time i thought <laughs> I, I, well i don't know it was a good idea i think to shake it up kind of at the end but the that, Maybe, that guy yeah. doesn't do right with donald trump i don't know all right final exactly thought we made it through trump we made it we did it yay hooray we're finished all before, right before we wrap up i want to ask you a general question as a libertarian uh, okay. so do you think if you want if you want to stand for president on a sort of liberty-minded platform, do you think your best route is via the Libertarian Party, or should you go kind of Ron Paul and sort of disguise yourself as a Republican, or even RFK Jr. maybe and disguise yourself as a Democrat? Oh well, if you really want to win something, then absolutely you have to be a part of the Republican or Democrat Party. I think Ron. Now, let me let me back up. Ron Paul would absolutely have beat the pants off of Obama had he been placed in the the general election as the Republican candidate. Absolutely, he would have he would have gotten the Republican base vote because what are they not going to vote for the Republican? And he would have gotten the entire fringe, the the, the middle ground, all of those, all of that group that. That the the two parties fight for so hard. He Ron Paul had such a strong movement going, that Ron Paul love movement or whatever it was that came up with. He was so popular. He won all of the delegates from Iowa when they were during the the process, yeah. and it, it, they just didn't report it. the The news outlets did not report his success. That which kind of lends credence to his 
you know, being a real libertarian, whatever, you know, we say people are fake and whatever he, I, I think he was, he genuinely did what he was wanting to do. But in my opinion, he would, if, if the Republican party had, had supported Trump, had supported, uh, not Trump, of course, uh, Ron Paul, if they supported him and put him as their candidate, they would have beaten Obama. Absolutely. They would have beaten Obama. And that, and that seemed to you be, so. yes, because the, the, he, he would have been the Republican candidate and he was wildly popular amongst the independents. And of course the libertarians that he would have had that extra couple percentage points worth of voters that yes, he would have beaten Obama. Who was the Republican candidate that year? That was, um, Mitt Romney, who was a terrible candidate, terrible yeah. candidate. So um, for the benefit of uh, people who don't know, perhaps you could say how you think Ron Paul was, was stitched up. And, and also, uh, I just want to say that I think Obama was very popular as well. And it was a time when I was a bit more of a lefty and I, I kind of liked him, I must admit. Yeah, because he talked good. He, yeah, he was. Uh, Obama was a great candidate. Uh, he had a lot of support for sure, uh, and but he didn't have he didn't have the right. Obviously, the right hated him. They wanted to vote. They were voting against him. I don't think the right liked Mitt Romney. I think they just hated Obama because he was such a pure leftist icon. And they just, they didn't want him in at all. Um, but the reason I say that Ron Paul would have won is because he had such a huge following amongst the, the, the swing voters, you know, he, he, he was popular amongst the, like I said, the libertarians, obviously, uh, but he was, he was gaining a lot of ground in the, the left as well. I think people liked what he was saying about, um, you know, the, the getting rid of the, the drug war and all that stuff. And, and he, he was railing against the, the establishment Republicans during the debates that they were having. So he, he certainly would, would have gotten a, a huge boost from non-traditional Republican voters, in my opinion. So uh, think- to go back to the first part, uh, sorry, to go mm-hmm. back to the first part of my question, how was he torpedoed then? Was it, just the mainstream media he i don't well the the media you know if is controlled or whoever by you know they're they're, they always have that kind of leftist message they there's their support the democrats they're whatever but i think the republican party didn't like ron paul because he was not towing the regular party line and he wasn't he's not a moderate he's not a moderate candidate and so the Republicans anti-war, right? Which wouldn't have gone yeah, he was anti-war. Yeah. He the 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 I think the big argument against Ron Paul amongst Republican right uh, folks was that his foreign policy was too dangerous. You know, because he didn't he didn't want to get involved in any more wars. He wanted to reduce our presence overseas with all these bases that are everywhere, and the Republicans didn't like that. The Republican party didn't like that and at the the convention i'm pretty sure they they kind of said 
they kind of told him you're not going to be our candidate and kind of shut down his delegates that were at the the convention. However, right. however that works, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure if you're talking about uh, elections being rigged, certainly the, the Republican or Democrat party convention where they select their candidate, that's probably way more rigged than any other election could be. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So I, I, th- I think he was, he was silenced by the media, obviously, but he, he was just, the, the Republicans didn't want him to be there. He, in, I'm not even in their defense, but the criticisms that I would have of Ron Paul were that he was not, he wasn't the best, most polished, well-spoken candidate. He had, he had his moments where he, his, his, his posture and the way he dealt with others was kind of, uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, but I, I can tell you in one situation, a bit awkward. Yeah, it was a little awkward and, and not that he wasn't a great politician in general. I mean, he, he'd been a, a uh, was he a representative? He wasn't a Senator. He was a representative house of representatives for years and years. And um, so he, he held office for, you know, he had all the experience that you needed, but um there was one debate where they weren't, it, it wasn't even really a debate. They were interviewing the candidates separately uh, and they just had a series of questions for him to get answers. And he had, I think he was kind of in a remote location and he was listening to the questions they were asking him on like a, like a headset or something. And they, they asked him a question and I remember I was watching this and he, he, he didn't hear him quite right he didn't hear what they said and he kind of paused and he was like what 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 did you say and and like there was this very kind of senior mm-hmm. moment he was having and you kind of cringe and you say oh gosh you know his so he he had moments like that where it was just he wasn't as spot on and you know cock strong as some of the other candidates he wasn't he wasn't in in your face trying to you know be a polished politician. And I think that's probably why the Republican party didn't support him like they did the others, but he was winning primaries and he was in the top three in most of the, those primaries there that I I can recall at the time. And, uh, he, he would have, he, he was fine. He had a lot of support and a lot of voters behind him, but they didn't want him. And so they, they put this other guy up and, Yeah, those those problems, of course, could have been set up because uh, they do that with candidates that they think are a bit too popular for their, you know, and they they're not the ones they like. They, for example, reduce their time on debates or not invite them yep. at all. Sometimes, of course, so, uh, yeah. yeah, and they have to they make up wild thresholds of voter support for different polls, and they cherry pick different things in order to keep certain yeah. candidates off of the, off the screen. But you know yeah. what? That's politics for you. What are you going to do? The Dems, the Dems of course have got their super delegates now. So there's, there's no chance of any, you know, uh, candidate that doesn't meet official pr- approval getting anywhere because 
the super Dems, you know, I suppose, I presume they have like 10,000 votes each or something. They, you know, they, yeah. they put their hand up, right, that's, you're in. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> kinda, um, I, I was surfing the internet one night and came across a YouTube video and it was a, it was a Ted talk and I don't, I'm not really, I don't, I'm not a Ted talk guy. I don't watch those things, but this one caught my eye. I can't remember what it was titled or whatever reason why I started watching it, but it, uh, the guy up there was talking about how elections are rigged and this is how they're rigged. And his, his assertion was, and it made a lot of sense to me was that, you know, in China, they, they pick the, the candidates that you're allowed to vote for, like the, the party, the communist party picks the candidates and then people have this, you know, fake election and, oh, oh, this is the guy that they're, they want to have an, okay, here we go. And it's, and we look at it from over here and we say, oh gosh, look at that fake election. Those Chinese communists are living in tyranny and blah, blah, blah. But mm -hmm. his point was over here, our candidates are chosen by whoever has the most funding during their campaign. And therefore it's really not a whole lot different because you get whoever the, yeah, yeah, the big donors yeah. are give millions of dollars to three or four guys or gals. And those are going to be your candidates. So it's really the elite picking the candidates for us that we're allowed to vote for just like over in China. It's just not, it's just not handled by money being poured into the campaigns. And, and so this guy had me, he was like, ah, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, Hey, yeah. he's got a great point. That makes sense. You know what I've, uh, you know, if you are, you could be the most intelligent person in the world with the greatest political ideas ever, but you're not going to get on a ballot anywhere ever unless you have millions of dollars from these elitist elite groups that fund the campaigns. But at the end of this Ted talk is when, after he had laid all that out, he said, that is why we need to push to get this bill passed in Congress that will change the way the campaigns are run. And we need to fund this group and that group because they're there to make sure that these are going to be fair elections and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, okay. There's, there's the punchline. There's the thing you're trying to sell us. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to turn this off now. Well, he wouldn't have got on TED Talks with um, unless he'd said that at the end, probably. He might have got on TEDx, which I've watched a few of, which would be more alternative. But okay. um, I was also going to say that there was some interesting research done a few years back that showed what a huge influence Google has on elections. And they, were, they did this experiment where they you know, were sort of faking some uh, search results on election, election candidates and showing what effect that had on how they were going to vote. And it had an enormous effect. So that can't be underestimated. You know, the, the, the candidate that Google wants to get voted in has got a big advantage over the others. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let me ask and you And we this. know that they, that they were, they know that they were upset over the Trump election. And they, you know, they there was an article in the Atlantic that came out soon afterwards saying this group of elites conspired to make sure the election went the way we wanted. 
No. So they were maybe. quite quite proud about it, really. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. Ask me the question. Yeah, let me ask you this. Who's who's your top two guys? So if you had to pick a guy to be on the ticket for president and vice president out of this libertarian uh, corral or however you want to describe it, um, stable, stable of libertarians, how would who would you have picked? Uh, well, I still quite like Michael Rechtenwald, but this on this half of the debate, I thought Chase Oliver did a bit better. So I think I might have him up there with Michael Rechtenwald. Jacob Hornberger just seemed a bit of a sort of crazy extremist, really, with some crazy ideas that are not going to work. Toad, probably itself, is not really a serious candidate. Uh, and the other three... Joshua Smith probably impressed me more of the other three, but uh, I think they, those would be my two, Michael Rechtenwald, Chase Oliver. What about you? I I like Chase as well, but like I said last time, I'm a little biased because he's he's a Georgia boy. Um, and but he I think he's his weakness comes from being he he seems a little young, and he needs to have a more mature air about him i wouldn't pick him for president i would certainly pick him for vice president though um and then i I don't i agree with you yeah 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 uh i i think reckonwald's all right he's kind of himself he's kind of awkward and i don't think people would accept him very very readily and i he's he's kind of geeky he is he's very geeky but he he had some good things to say uh, I would, I would put it either between uh, Josh Smith or Dermot as the presidential candidate. I th- I th- don't like. I still don't like Josh Smith's uh, character as much. He's he's so salesmany, like he's kind of a douchebag, and I don't mm, think I would enjoy yeah. having a conversation with yeah, him yeah. at a bar. Uh, but Dermot's, he's ah. Uh, he kind of rubs me the wrong way too, you know. He's kind of got a. Uh, yes. He's got he's got a. I don't know, like a corporate shill kind of feel to him. I think. Um, if that's he's not right. very charismatic either, is he? No, he's not. But but he seemed but him and Josh seem to be pretty good candidates you know, just speaking of their ability to run as a candidate. So yeah, yeah. I would put, I would put either of them two as president and certainly Chase Oliver as vice president. I would give Chase Oliver the presidential space as well. If you know, but he's, he's so young. I, I just, I, in my head, I have this impression of the president being this and wizened, you know, sorcerer of, you know, political expertise and then the, like, the vice president, like Biden, yes, much like Biden, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the vice president would be the younger guy who's kind of got more energy, but is is toeing the line for the whatever. So that's that was my take on uh, it. He's uh, Chase is only two years younger than uh, Josh Smith. He's thirty eight. Oh. Um, Josh okay. Smith is forty. And they're so. they're both a handful of years younger than I am. 
and a handful more younger, <laughs> number of years younger than me. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, uh, I think this was this was really good. I enjoyed Mike, watching Mike this. And, Mike uh, Tomat is. I'll, I'll just complete the circle for you. Mike Tomat, sixty-two. Michael Rectorboard, sixty-five. Uh, Lars is fifty-four. Jacob Hornberger. Do you want to guess how old he is? Hornberger. I bet he's. I bet he's pushing seventy. Seventy-four. Oh wow! So he's doing all right for seventy-four. Yeah. I mean, we all go a bit crazy when we get older, so you know, I can forgive you. You know, I. I don't think I would characterize him as crazy. He just, I think he's a little misguided in his libertarian views. I think he's, he's trying to, he's trying to overcompensate for something. Yeah. He's, he's not very, he's He's, not realistic. He's kind of like, he's kind of like, he's almost like a sort of extreme anarchist, isn't he really? He's going to get into power and then we'll get rid of everything and we'll just see what happens. (laughs) <laughs> you know if if that's what he said though then i'd i'd be more inclined to vote for that guy because i'm i'm more of an anarchist <laughs> than, yeah. than anything else but you know but but yeah he was that's true his, yeah that would be comment, quite interesting his commentary on the covid situation everything that kind of cheesed me off a little the, the idea that he didn't really care enough to look into it just i don't know you, you got to be a little more into the the situation in that, I think. Yeah. It's kind of like he was saying, I don't really care what happened before because I'm going to get rid of all that. And you know, it will be loads better when, when we do that, but, yeah, that's, but you've got to have a bit of analysis of history. I think. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Anyway. So that was great. I, I really enjoyed that. And, uh, We'll have to we'll have to do another and one. We got of these to somehow. the end. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. the Putin. I, we had we had talk. There was talk in our Discord chat about doing the same format with the uh, Tucker Carlson Putin interview that happened on Thursday. That came out was released on Thursday. I think I don't think we I don't think we good. need to do that because we kind of missed the window. I think. Um, but uh, we could talk. I don't know if you watched mm. it or not. Did you watch the Did you watch the interview? I've only watched the first 20 minutes and I'm still oh. into Putin's <laughs> history lecture. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say he hadn't made it out of his I mean, history he's certainly, he's, <laughs> no, he's certainly got the facts at his fingertips and it is, it's kind of irrelevant, but relevant, but uh, yeah, I think Tucker was a bit bamboozled by it. Well, he, he's Tucker said in the beginning, he had that little kind of intro to it, at least the video I watched where he said that he and his, yeah, saw that. his people felt that his, uh, that Putin's was trying to filibuster the conversation. Uh, but then he changed his mind and, and realized that he, Putin was really trying to establish some sort of context before they went on and talked about other things. Uh, I, I could agree with that. I, that analysis, I don't think, I mean, the, the, the interview is two hours long. So, and and certainly the the Putin history lesson only lasted 20 or 30 minutes of that time. So it's not like he they didn't talk about anything else. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed that interview. I thought it was very fascinating. Um, I am jealous. And I think I already made this comment in, in our 
chat, but I'm jealous of the Russians having such a coherent leader <laughs> to to, uh, to sit in their their. It's their just government. such a contrast, isn't it? He, he's just so intelligent and together. And all these rumors about him being ill didn't seem to be true at all. He seemed no, to be, you know, no. very much on all, the ball. All that's been knowing what he's yeah. talking about. Uh, but he's throughout the entire interview. Yeah. He he was very, uh, and you know, and Tucker had responses because Putin was throwing a lot of obscure stuff out, and Tucker was catching it and responding in kind. Mm -hmm. And so I give him credit for for doing that. I think he Tucker yeah, was yeah. kind of lost. He was kind of lost a little bit during a lot of the history stuff, uh, but he was paying attention at least and. And Putin seemed to appreciate that, um, but uh, they they talked about a lot of, a lot of different things. And you know, Putin is certainly he he was in the KGB in the the heat of the the Cold War. He's he's a, a trained uh, a liar and manipulator, no doubt about that. Uh, but the stuff that he sure. was saying, the stuff that he was saying, made sense it kind of reinforced my own analysis of the, the Russia, Ukraine conflict right from the beginning and, and stuff that I've been hearing. He's not, he, he didn't, he wasn't just, I, I don't, I don't think the, like, like you could say, Oh, it, it was all just a show maybe. Um, but I don't think Putin had the questions ahead of time or anything like that. And Tucker was giving him real questions to to during the the interview, and he was responding seemingly genuinely. Of course, he's a politician, so he's gonna. And you could tell, certainly, you could tell he was inflating his own uh, position uh, and Russia's position in the world. Uh, but he was pretty matter of fact, mm. and um, I would call him a pretty based uh, world leader, if anything. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I look forward to seeing the rest of it. But I mean, the the amount of criticism that Tucker's getting for for just going across and doing a job of a journalist and interviewing a world leader is just yeah. crazy to me. I mean, this is a thing that that journalists used to do as a matter of course. Somebody interviewed Osama bin Laden. For goodness sake, people yeah. have interviewed Gaddafi in the past. I, I this is what you do as a journalist, right? You go and seek information and truth and present it to the world. I remember when I, I back in the day when I used to, uh, I, I bought a bass guitar and thought I would become a bassist at some point. Uh, I also got a subscription to Rolling Stone and bass guitar magazine. And anyway, so I remember Rolling Stone had a, had an article. It was a front page picture of a, uh, I can't remember who the, the terrorist group du jour was back then, but there was a member, a prominent member of that group. And they had gotten a, a an interviewer from Rolling Stone into the, 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 the terrorist groups land to interview this guy and talk about his side, like his view of the, of the conflict in this thing and whatever. And, yeah. and it always, it's, it brings me back. Rolling Stone is a, is a huge leftist source of information and that they, you know, to think that, I, and I don't know, I haven't seen anything directly from Rolling Stone in regard to the Tucker interview, but it seems like 
these days that sort of that journal, like you said, that journalism is shunned and, and squashed. And I don't, I don't understand that. I mean, that you, you are supposed to, you have two choices when you're in conflict with, with somebody, you can fight them or you can talk to them. And I don't understand why talking to them is, is not one of the options here. You know, I don't get that. Well, I, I, I think Rolling Stone back in that day, those days would have thought themselves as a sort of uh, anti-establishment or at least challenging the establishment journal. But like most journalists and now and publications now, they're just establishment shills, aren't they? Really? I mean, they yeah, they just I, follow the government and official line on everything. That's absolutely true, and it kind of breaks my heart because. You know, part of what this country was founded on was freedom of the press and trying to hold your politicians yeah. accountable to things. And now it's that's gone. That's completely gone. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. So anyway, on that down note, let's uh, wrap this up. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you, Terry. Uh, for being for soldiering on and joining me in this effort. And uh, I really good. enjoyed it. Yeah. I, th I thought it was really, really enjoyable. I did um, too. To have, have somebody to bounce off of while I'm watching something like this is invaluable. Um, yeah. And uh, I want to thank everybody that was watching us. Um, Cause we always need you guys to be a part of our, experience here uh for those of you who don't already sure. know terry uh how can such folks get in touch with us well uh i'm glad you asked me that kill uh <laughs> you can go to unionoftheunknowns.com which has got all our lovely links for things like uh gmail which is unionoftheunknowns at gmail.com uh telephone number where you can leave us a message uh and uh twitter and uh what else i missed out links for all the good stuff really and uh please let us know what you thought of the libertarian candidates and the libertarian debate and maybe libertarianism in general we'd be very interested to hear what you think have i missed no. anything out no i think you you hit it it was spot on thank you for that thank you terry thank you listeners um i am keel thor we are the union of the unknowns and we are out thank you for tuning in for another episode of union of the unknowns you can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks 